Let's talk about how it ruined Jake Lloyd's life. <laughs> well, oh, God. Let's talk about how Star Wars fans ruined Jake Lloyd's life. Well, let's also talk about how Jake Lloyd ruined my life. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that sucked and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Yeah, it's ABC, featuring the VIPs of SBT. Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download the rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Today, right here, four nerds got together to talk about Star Wars This Yay. is a very special episode podcast. Um, we're going to do things a little differently than usual this week, but first let's get our hosts announced. I am your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner. Here with me on planet Earth in the... Carol... Car- oh, God. <laughs> no, I was going to... That's actually probably the best look... I'll... No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I blew it. I blew it for you. Uh, Carolyn Maine, and I run a sleazy bar that's getting shut down by fascism. Nice. Yeah. And now, uh, with us contacted via traveling through hyperspace is... (laughs) Wow, David, that's pretty good. (laughs) That's Wookiee for David Fitchenhofer, I don't know. All right. And uh, <laughs> there, that's my contribution. I'm out of here. Bye. And our uh, esteemed do-gooder. Uh, on my way to pick up some power converters at St- Tashi Station, this is Austin <laughs> Gordon. So I'm going to provide a little context for this episode because it's a little bit different. So we're all in our mid-30s, right? We're all nerds in our mid-30s. That's true about us. All right. We're all virgins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep. And, Big time. And seemingly unrelated, <laughs> we all love Star Wars. So where this came about, okay, because I feel like when we were kids, all you talked about was how great Star Wars was. Star Wars were like these you-can't-fuck-with-it movies that were like on a higher level of cool shit that was nerdy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of us are Trekkies, right? Really, we're all Star Star Wars nerds. I'm uh, a Warsy more than a Trekkie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm more Star Wars than Star Trek, but I know if I, I'm pretty into Star Trek too. Okay. Yeah, I've, dabble in the track. I think I was into Star Trek before I was into Star Wars. So. Shut up, David. <laughs> I know. Was it Generations? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Star Trek Generation. No, 
The next generation I liked a lot, but yeah, that's what I meant. meant. (laughs) David, I'm going to strike you down with anger. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be more powerful than you can ever imagine, Ryan. Bad mood. (laughs) So then when we were teenagers, the most amazing, exciting event of my whole life, all of our lives came about. Which ended up being the most horrible disappointment of our entire lives. And or I feel was like, it? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's where we're going to this. So <laughs> I feel like when we were kids, it was about how great Star Wars is. And then as an adult, you talked about how shitty the prequels were. And that was where the conversation shifted to. Oh, how- I thought you were talking about our virginity still. <laughs> oh. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, it'll happen. <laughs> Yeah, you just have to I, keep trying. <laughs> so when I lost my virginity, it was pretty shitty, but I think I made a mistake. It was shitty? Yeah. <laughs> that is a mistake. I know. Oh. Yeah, that was a I, dumb joke. I, All right, I go on. I get it. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> it's a genius joke by David. <laughs> so what I'm saying is I'm pretty sure after this podcast episode comes out, at least one of us will lose our virginities as a result. <laughs> Twinkle but, in the uh, eye. Make sure it's not you. That's why. Yeah. Um. So, I always felt like that was kind of the standard for Star Wars, is the prequels are bad and the originals are good. Um, I'm nodding emphatically. Yeah. And uh, I'd be interested in talking to some younger people about that. It'd be interesting. I've never really talked to anyone in depth who was like, you know, 12 when episode three came out or anything. That might be interesting. But anyway, when I first ever talked to Austin about doing a podcast ever on a video chat, I noticed in his office, he had an episode two poster. This motherfucker is the only one I've ever seen with that poster. And we've been looking upon it for most of the audio of our podcast history. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know if I've done my litmus tests on this guy. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is canceled. Do you want to defend yourself, Austin? I I was just going to point out that, uh, to Carolyn's point, yes, Nearly every episode of any podcast anyone listening to this has ever heard from us was recorded with an episode two poster hanging in the background behind me. Um, I don't have it up in my new office yet because uh, I'm still because <laughs> I'm still waiting to paint in here. But uh, uh, and by waiting to paint, I mean waiting for someone to paint it for me. Um, uh-huh. But uh, uh, my defense, you, you want me to defend episode two or just the fact that I had a poster on my well- wall? That's where we're going to spend the whole thing. The point is that, in my view, Austin is something of a Star Wars apologist. <laughs> or uh, enough of a fanatic. I think you're a Pollyanna about Star Wars a little bit. Probably about a lot of things. But <laughs> the premise of this episode, to me, is that since we're all nerds on the internet, we're going to nitpick, as we do. Finally! So we're going to go through all the Star Wars movies and complain about them. Yes. And my belief is that Austin will have a cheerful counterpoint <laughs> to every criticism you can make of Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know how he's going to swing it, but I'm really interested to hear from an adult man who I mostly respect. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Who likes Star Wars. So, yeah. yeah, first, before we get into it, let's just talk briefly about our relationship with Star Wars. We all agreed that we like it, but like Carol, I feel like yours would be... I know at least one fun fact about you that I'm going to mention if you don't sure, about yeah. Star Wars. I'll probably mention it. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. All right. Uh, I was, especially like during and just after puberty. All right. So 
that's when the new new prequel came to the theater and I had been watching the re-releases and I didn't my taste was developing, so I couldn't quite tell how shit the, the special edition editions were, mm-hmm. but I, it kind of sat funny. So then anyways, I skipped school, dressed as Princess Leia, and stayed in the Star Wars line for, like, my tickets for, like, overnight. Definitely lost my virginity five times <laughs> in the camp. And there's a photo of you in the newspaper in that yeah. outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's front page of the Oregonian. Oh, uh, just shilling Star Wars. You know what the headline was, listeners? It what said, <laughs> look at this fucking nerd. <laughs> it should have been, too. And it's like, with one of my first boyfriends, who's just like nothing to me now, it's like, this right. great. He's fine. But just, you know, it was he had a fucking a ponytail look. Because, oh, that's a, something we'll get to. But like this, the Star Wars, the hair is extra terrible. In the prequels. Okay. So, so yeah, uh, I watched it in the theater, and I was kind of disappointed, but didn't have a name for it yet. And, and then, as I become older and angrier and more bitter, it's just developed into this stew of hating Star Wars, which is how I'm flavored now. So, even, I mean, we'll go movie by movie, but even, like, yeah. you're not down with episode seven? No, I think the new ones are shit. Okay, so we'll get to it. Sure. Um, yeah. David. Yeah. I, I mean, we went all over this during the Christmas special, but, uh, mm-hmm. I got into, I mean, I've always known of Star Wars. I got into it later, like, high school is when I actually watched the movies, like, front to back. And, uh, I'm fairly, I like, I like Star Wars. I go see all the movies. I'm kind of, these days, Star Wars neutral. I, mm-hmm. I like it. I like a lot of it, but I don't, I think I, and I, but I'm not out to defend it and i'm not my honor isn't hurt if somebody doesn't like them and and there's plenty of things not to like but i think there's things to like and i think overall i just stand that i like the universe that was created from it and i think a lot of good stories can come from it whether they do come from it is a whole different question but i feel like i don't have a horse in this race i'll put it that way well that's a good premise to build off of. yeah exactly (laughs) i'm gonna be the moderator or something i don't know the neutral guy. Yeah. <laughs> the complacent Star Wars fan. So I'll do mine before we get to Austin. Yeah. Which is that I fucking love Star Wars, man. Like an idiot, I love it. <laughs> like, Aww. they would have to make... <laughs> I think they'd have to make several bad Star Wars movies in a row before I'd stop just going and seeing them all. Although... And that's happened. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll come... Again, we'll go movie by movie. But um, there's something really deep to me at Star Wars. Like the sound effects... And, like, the music and those things with Star Wars. I like, even the prequels that I think are bad, it kind of, like, pushes this button in my brain that's just like, oh. It's and, definitely, like, a deep pleasure center. Yeah. It really, there's something about that. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's going to get tampered with over time. We'll, we'll talk, I guess, too, about the direction of Star Wars and our feelings about it. But I have, like, a deep love of Star Wars. Um, I definitely think the prequels are bad. Uh, and we'll get more into it as we go. But I'm I'm currently excited Star Wars fan. But uh, it's fun. It's fun to pick them apart for sure. So I'll be the meanest one again. How is that? that sounds good. Yeah, I'm probably closest to Austin then. Actually, um, speaking of Austin, uh, I was gonna say I do have a deep affection for the Knights of the Old Republic video games. So, so oh, I don't think we'll have time to talk about I that. Know. But I'm I, I'm with you on that. Kotor. Too much exactly. Of <laughs> and, and to say I don't, I'm I'm playing neutral a little more. I do have an affection for the series. 
Yeah, we do really have to stick to movies just for yeah, the sake I know, of no. like <laughs> this could really go go on. Well, there's a lot forever. of Star Wars stuff. About, out there. I want to talk about Tales from the Cantina and all the books I read. In <laughs> cool. No, I don't. don't so, Austin, how do you feel about Star Wars? Uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, no, so Star Wars is <clears throat> Star Wars is one of the three great pop culture loves of my life. And it's I'm always going back and forth between whether it's Star Wars or the X Men at number. I was gonna one. say X Men, yeah. Uh, well, what's the other one? Simpsons would be number three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and and really, and just in terms of like longevity, it's probably got to be Star Wars at number one because I really can't, I can't even remember a time when I didn't know Star Wars and was watching Star Wars. Um, yeah. You know my. My earliest Star Wars memory is watching A New Hope and somehow already knowing that Darth Vader is Luke's father and being confused at how Darth Vader could be in the spaceship above Tatooine, but also on Tatooine yelling at Luke because I was a dumb, like I was like five and I hadn't, yeah. and I hadn't glommed on to the fact that it's Uncle Owen and that that's not his dad. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. So you thought there was like a big twist where he like faked his own death? Is that? I, I was I was five. I didn't. I just knew yeah. Darth Vader is Luke's dad, and this old dude is yelling at Luke. So that must be his dad because that's what dads do. No, I I remember being really little and watching Star Wars and like understanding a lot of moments, but not really right. putting it all together very well. I remember being really little and like having a dream about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I definitely remember, like, the trash compactor scene and having that dream of that and knowing it was a movie and then describing it to my mother and her not being able to clock it. And I don't know if I'd ever seen the movie at that point. I pretty much must have. You so think... maybe I didn't, and a ghost sent it. I mean, it was... You had a vision of Star Wars? I feel like growing up, it's yeah. tough not to just see stuff yeah. growing right. on. Right. Like, not to be in a trash compactor? It's an yeah. eternal story yes. that follows the hero mythos. Now, you yeah. just associated with Star Wars later. You saw that scene, and you're like, that was like my dream <laughs> from my memory yeah, of being it. a trash I party. deserve royalties. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going to see Return of the Jedi in what must have been probably its 86 re-release, and I would have been like five or six at the time um, with my parents. One of my like foundational memories of my life is watching Empire Strikes Back with my dad the day after my brother was born when I was like six years old and it was one of those yeah. like the world like my place in the world is still okay kind of a moment. Uh-huh. Oh wow. And so I was I was totally into Star Wars even as a kid. And then as I got older and of course this was at a time when sort of the dark days of Star Wars when Jedi was done and you got a couple of Ewok movies, but then those <laughs> kind of went away. And they're just like, it just, it seemed like it was dead. Like they weren't making new toys anymore and nothing was going on. And then in 91, it kind of started to come back with the Timothy Zahn novels. And I encountered those, the first one of those shortly after we moved back to Minnesota. And that led me into the expanded universe. And so I read all of the, the various novels that were published through the years, like Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina. As, yes. as Carolyn alluded to earlier. <laughs> and then it just, and from there, like, I was at, I was sort of poised at the perfect time that, like, Star Wars was coming back to life and starting to explode at the same time that I was, like, becoming a teenager and getting more, like, having more money and more agency over my 
pop culture consumption and things like that. So I'm reading the books and the comics and buying the new action figures, which was great because all the old ones were fucking expensive because they were vintage and long out of print. Mm-hmm. And so they made new action figures. And then you had the the special editions came out. And so I finally got to see all of them on a big screen. Uh, and, and that just like none of like all the shitty CGI stuff that they threw in there paled in comparison to just being able to see them on the big screen. And you had the prequels and that was like the, the zenith of, of my fandom at that point. Uh, like Carol and I camped out for my Phantom Menace tickets. Uh, <laughs> I slept in a tent and my my copy of, in the movie theater parking lot and my copy of Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, the box is still warped because it was pushed up against the wall of the tent and it rained that night. And so it kind of like seeped through the wall of the tent <laughs> and, warped and, and warped the box. Um, nice. I I went in costume to episodes two and three. Oh my god! What co- what were you wearing? Qui Gon, just, just yeah, like a Jedi costume. Well, yeah, because him. Austin created his own Jedi that he'd go as. Did he really? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> Come on, what's his who? name? What is he? Uh, I don't even remember what his name was. Yeah, anymore. David. What is it? I don't know. David doesn't know. You just, uh, I just remember you. You guys made your own lightsabers out of flashlights, or well, just oh, the like, hilt. Yeah, and like you never got the laser <laughs> to the work. Laser? So I was always Loser. disappointed in you and that. Off. We were, we were basically like, we're gonna get arrested for being terrorists because we're just going into hardware stores and buying like pipes and. Uh, various like electrical accoutrements, so someone's gonna think we're making pipe bombs. It was pre nine eleven, so you were fine. I remember you did a Star Wars party where we all had to dress up. Oh uh, yeah, my eighteenth, <laughs> my eighteenth birthday. Um, oh my god, everybody wore Star Wars costumes because <laughs> my eighteenth birthday was like, uh, right a like a week after Phantom Menace came out. Oh man, that's the worst time ever to ask people to dress up like Star Wars. Did I half ass a costume, Austin? I don't remember. Yeah, you did, but I think you were like a Star. Wars- <laughs> I think you were a Star Wars fan. Like you just came in oh, yeah. t shirt. You were like, "I'm a fan of Star Wars." Yeah. <laughs> Half-assing costumes Wait, is like because yeah, that was, that's kind of your bag. <laughs> I want to hear Austin's Star Wars name, and if he won't tell us, we have to make it up. No, I gotta remember what it is. I'll see if I can come. Maybe up. your Mon Poo. I'm sure I have it written down somewhere. Something um, fecal. So through all, and so like through all of that, it's like I've got the movies and, and like they're constantly churning out um, new books and new comics. And so for me, and, and this is sort of the, this is sort of the foundation of most of my defense for the shittier elements of Star Wars is like Star Wars is a, is a genre to me as much sure. as, as much as it is like, it's more than just the six movies and now we've what eight movies soon to be nine movies. It's, it's more than just that. It's like there's thousands of star Wars stories. And so, and they run the gamut from really good to really shitty. Um, And so that kind of, that sort of waters down the really bad um, in a lot of ways. Cause it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it creates kind of new thresholds for shitty star Wars stories. Um, Hmm. But, uh, but yeah, and it's, it's, um, I mean, all of that said, I definitely have a Pollyanna aspect on it, um, but that's just cause, cause I love it and I want to see the good yeah. in it. Like I don't <laughs> like, where's the fun in taking this thing that I have loved all my life and I've grown up with and like, I can touch tone significant moments of my life to it. Like after you saw episode one, 
did you like look at the Star Wars logo and you were like, they're still good in you. <laughs> uh, it took a long time for me to fully accept some of Phantom Menace's failings. Like yeah. I didn't like, like I walked out of it. It was like, that was fucking awesome. I saw, I mean, I saw Phantom Menace like six times in the theater. Okay. Um, which is, you know, nothing compared to guys like, you know, Alex Robinson and Pete Retailer, but, um, yeah, no, it was, you know, that lightsaber fight at the end, that was fucking awesome. I, I'd wade through all that other boring shit to get to that. And I did many times. Well, so we'll go movie by movie, but yeah. so I think we get your, so wait, I just have one question though. You said they re-released Return of the Jedi in 86? Yeah. They, they frequently re-released okay. the original trilogy. Like Star Wars, the original was in theaters almost continuously from 77 to 80. Like it was wow. like its initial run lasted a super long time. And then they Ooh. brought it back a couple of times before Empire. Yeah, yeah. And then they would bring that in Empire back before Jedi. And... Not to get yeah, on the... I... Oh, go on, Ryan. I have, like you talked about, like sort of deep-rooted memory. I always assumed that my parents took me to see Return of the Jedi when I was like really, really little. Uh, because I had these deep memories. And like you said, like I had uh, nightmares about the Rancor, like before mm-hmm. I even remember having like language really right. to like describe right. it. And um, I always wondered, but that would make, I guess that would have been four. So it makes yeah, sense, that's, I guess. That's kind of how I figured it out. Cause I'm like, well, Jedi came out in 83. I would have been two. I doubt huh. I would remember even like sensations for that. And I doubt my parents would have taken me there. Plus yeah. I remember where we were living when I saw it and we weren't, living there in 83 and so then i finally yeah. figured out i was like oh wait they did all these re-releases the last one was 86 and that's when we were living in the place i remember being and so that's kind of how i pieced it yeah before yeah. vhs came out just for just in general like re-releases in theaters was really common for a lot of movies okay just, yeah disney, disney did it yeah. all the time yeah yeah and huh. you know, right. okay right. and it's basically it, was, it wasn't until around Top Gun, I just recently saw a video on this, but it was like Top Gun that became the first like big VHS that sold like uh, hotcakes, and then like, then everything started just selling on VHS, and then they pretty much just stopped re-releasing movies in theaters, for the gosh, most yeah. part. Disney, Disney like, was strongly opposed to putting their movies oh, yeah. on video, because they yep. wanted, they regularly re-released yeah. in the theaters, and were like, we're gonna lose oh. out on that revenue if we put this on video. Like any progress, like yeah, the studios resisted this hardcore because yeah. they couldn't imagine a revenue stream that wasn't just them re-releasing movies. Yeah, Disney in that vault, mm-hmm. yo. Yeah, and then Disney realized, wait, we can make even more money yeah, exactly. with video. Then they were all in. So when you were a little kid and you saw the Return of the Jedi re-release, were you like, what it really needs is a really shitty singing sequence in Jabba's Palace (laughs) with um, with CG that doesn't match anything else in the whole movie. If you you were to ask me to rank the the special edition changes from, like, worst to least egregious, that fucking Jabba's Palace dance number would be the, the worst of them all. Oh, really? I think the new Jabba scene was the worst. Yeah, the Jabba New Hope scene, you think? Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Because it was just, it looked so patched together. That would so, be number okay. two. 
So let's go now, movie my movie. I think okay. some of them will be quicker than others. And <laughs> should we agree now we, we're not including special editions? How does that sound? We're talking about OG sure. Star Wars. Uh, as and we, remember we shouldn't it. mention the holiday special anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no holiday <laughs> special. special. So yeah, Austin, defend the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it. So here's how we're going to do it. We'll do f- what is now called uh, four, five, six... Then we're gonna do one, two, three, and then we'll do seven, and then we'll do Rogue One. Really? That's my plan. And we're just going. We're not gonna Let's summarize the movies. Yeah. We're just gonna say what we didn't like about them. Yeah, seriously. Okay. I mean, people know the movies. If if you don't, yeah. if you don't, then just wait for our next episode because this probably isn't gonna mean a whole lot to you. So if you haven't seen Star Wars, <laughs> just watch eight movies <laughs> that are all at least two hours long, and then. Pause it right now and go do that and then come back. Just watch the first three. So episode four is the greatest movie of all time. (laughs) It's really good. This is the one that sucked me in. It's got a lot going on. The the soundtrack, the swelling, I'm looking at the two moons and I'm yearning. I mean, who didn't feel that way all the time? I like the sound effects, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how I take my beautiful sunset moments. You might want to see a doctor about that, Carol. (laughs) I yearn, and I yearn in That shot of Luke standing staring at the twin suns as yeah. as the as the Jedi as the force theme swells is yep. probably my single favorite shot from all of the movies. Dang. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and Carrie Fisher gave it so much. One thing I <laughs> recently relatively recently rewatched A New Hope and one thing I hadn't appreciated before I guess or maybe just forgot was how well the like first third of the movie is constructed in like how fast paced it is and how everything just keeps moving from yeah. one spot you know like it's basically Luke trying to figure out what's going on with these droids and stuff and how it keeps moving back and forth eventually ending with of course his farm getting burned down and some creepy skeletons getting burned off and defend the choice to just have like his, <laughs> his aunt and uncles the fact no parents just like fried crispy like right there for everyone to see uh, I'll defend that choice because it's awesome. <laughs> Free one for you. Yeah, we talk about nightmare uh, stuff. Think about that. Yeah, like, no, that that's definitely freaked me the hell out. It's, like that's probably the most like viscerally uncomfortable moment in that first movie. It's yeah. good to have good nightmares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It raise the stakes. Yeah, yeah. Beat for beat, it's a pretty perfect yeah. movie. Yeah, and also it just parallels a who is it? The hero's journey by Joseph whatever. Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell yeah. Yeah. It really ties into old, old mythos. It feels yeah. like it could be anybody's story. It feels like everyone's story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. After this, we won't talk about what we like about the movies anymore. But, uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's hard, this one. Another thing that I, I didn't think about till more recently is, like, like, if you watch the first, like, three minutes, even, of Star Wars, it's, like, the music and like the sound effects are so unique and innovative. Like I watched a thing one time about the guy who made the sound effects, like yeah. how the lasers are like a string and a hollow tube and like, all and, this... like a telephone pole and like a slinky wire. Yeah. Metal. All this Ben, Ben Burt, who was the sound designer on, on, yeah. on, on, and at least the first six, I think he, I don't, I can't remember if he's still involved with, with the new stuff, but, um, 
I mean, he's a fucking genius. Like just the way. Yeah, he, those like, sounds are so distinctive yeah. that it makes you just like feel like, it's, like it's you're one in of this those, thing. It's one of those jobs. Like yeah. he, he certainly is not the only person in the world that like create sound effects for movies. Like that's a, a sub group of act of work within Hollywood. Um, yeah, but he's you know I certainly would think he's the best at it. But it's like it's one of those jobs that I just I can't even wrap my head around how you go like how you sit down and think oh this sound mixed with this sound mixed with this sound would be great for this thing that's unrelated to all three of those sounds yeah like, like I don't like and he would just he would bring like a recorder with him when he would travel around and just like oh that sounds like an interesting sound I bet I could use it someday and just like record it and I just like I my mind isn't set up to to think of sound that way and it just boggles yeah. my mind and it's like you don't think about it. Like, you, you hear the lasers, and you're like, yeah, that sounds like a laser. But the reason it sounds like a laser is because every other yeah. thing that's come <laughs> after it just models their laser sounds after what Star Wars did. Right, right. So we all like that one. So you, got, you, got, you, got any, you got any nitpicks you want to hit at me with that one? I don't think so. Uh, I think we're just going to go right yeah. in. Where are all the ladies one? Well, yeah. Well, there aren't all the ladies, and that's a great point. And there's no black people yeah. in the first one. Oh, Rando yeah. makes up for that. Well, we just make up. He doesn't make up for it. They have a black person later, so you know. <laughs> there, there's your black person. Just, just, I want to just make sure our, our listeners understand that, that Carol just offered up the "I have a black friend" defense of racism. <laughs> How did I get on the wrong side of this? I'm not the one who made up Jar Jar Binks. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. But so, but one of the great things about star wars though and this is supposed to be that that's kind of what they took from the hidden fortress right the kurosawa movie yeah. is that they go to rescue the princess and then she's like badass yeah. and that yeah. she becomes a part of the the effort like she, yeah i mean let's talk about carrie r.i.p because yeah. she's amazing she so originally they were gonna have sissy spacek really for, yep. yeah wasn't she the one in carrie right yes and then they swapped Carrie Fisher from Carrie to oh, Star Wars. Oh, I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. And I like that swap. Uh, Carrie added a lot to the role. My favorite part about her, among her many great qualities, uh, is that she was a script toucher-upper and writer, and she's one of the women that made Star Wars fucking sing. She yeah, did that she did. I know, I love you, I know line with Harrison Ford oh. and a lot of work. And she did it while coked out of her gourd. Out of her gourd. I love her Coke pinky in Jedi. We'll get there, but look at her fingernail. Uh, the other woman I want to shout out, there's an essay on this that's very good, is George Lucas's wife. Yes. It'd be better if I remembered her name, but she's the one that made Star Wars good. What'd she do? She just, like, made it make sense. I mean, look at the prequels. Yeah. And then look at the Star Wars. Yeah. And see, like, the human breathing pulse. So, like, she worked with them on the script? Yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, she worked. She was uncredited on the script. Um, she worked with him, like just kind of like in a production capacity and whatnot. All and right. Then she dumped his ass. Um, do the orphans? Do the space? Do the younglings have her <laughs> the name? Austin. Younglings. Uh, you're talking Luke. No, Lucas's kids. Their name. They're like it's Katie Lucas and Jet <laughs> Lucas and something. Lucas. No, I mean if. We have orphan younglings. Oh, crack research. What the wife's name is? Yeah. Oh, uh, I think it's Melody Hobson. Huh. Shout out. Or no, Melody maybe that's Hobson. maybe that's his current. Marsha Lucas. Marsha. <laughs> Shout out. 
Marsha Lucas was <laughs> his. Appreciate uh, the confusion, Austin. I know, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha Lucas was his. Uh, was his wife at the time of Star Wars? They divorced in 1983. And if you've ever wondered why, uh, Temple of Doom is such a like disturbing, fucked up movie, it's because both Spielberg and Lucas were going through messy divorces at the time, and we're basically uh. like, we're gonna pour our pain and anger into this movie and have kids watch hearts getting ripped out. And we're going to really write women. Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay, we're going to yeah. have women just shrill. <laughs> the that's real why, bitches that they are. That's why when Indiana Jones goes into the temple and he sees all those evil priests, those priests are like, Indiana Jones, I'm going to take half your shit. <laughs> and he's like, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So she worked on the script and she was an editor. She did a lot with the editing. Oh, okay. The- she yeah. made it food it wouldn't have been edible without her clearly behind the wheel yeah. well definitely the editing star wars is one of those movies where the editing is so much like a different editor could have made this movie and it would have not been good mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, yeah she i mean she okay. won the academy award for editing in for star wars in nice you go girl uh, so you want you guys want to go on to empire strikes back uh, done. sure david's got some oh, okay. hit me up david yeah, han solo a little rapey yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David, David, are all of your nitpicks going to be culturally low? Like this movie was made in the seventies, kind of uh, nitpicks. You know what else was made in the seventies? Like the women's movement. You know, there's raw burning going on. Maybe, no, 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 no. Don't look a little progressive. A little no, 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 no. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just qu- wondering if that's going to be the explanation for all of. The worst part is how good Harrison Ford makes rapey. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> everyone thinks they can put on a fedora and like harass a lady, and it's gonna be good, and it hasn't worked at all. Well, that's, I mean, Ford. that's one of those where you get you get down to like not everything in. It's hard, contrary to what the internet wants to believe, it's hard to split everything into like entirely good or entirely bad. Because it's like, yeah, Star Wars has has a lot of faults that rose out, like culturally speaking, that rose out. The fault in our Star Wars. Yeah, that, that rose out of the time that it was made and the people that were making it. It was a bunch of white guys making it, and so it's got a bunch of white people in it, and there's not a lot of women, and there's very little diversity, especially in the first movie. And Han Solo is kind of rapey, and there's a lot of problems with that. But then at the same time, the, the token, quasi-token female in it is fairly groundbreaking. She is a feminist icon. She takes the initiative. She's the sort of de facto uh, uh, don't re- like damsel in distress that doesn't need to be rescued um, kind of a thing. And so it's like, yeah, it's it's shitty in its portrayal of women, but it's also somewhat groundbreaking in its portrayal of women. And it can be both things. Are we going to count the inclusion of a gay droid as progressive? <laughs> How can we Good not? Question. Uh, and then finally, so, you know, this is the first Star Wars movie, and one of the first things that happened once uh, Luke finds old Ben Kenobi is he's gifted his father's lightsaber. Right. Phallic and, symbol. And, you know, we see him training with it, and it's a laser sword, and no, you can't not like laser swords, right? Right. It's it's so it's def- a good it's a good chunk of where my love of Star Wars comes from. <laughs> so finally, we get a showdown between two people with laser swords. Yeah, and we get the Obi Wan Darth Vader lightsaber battle. Yeah, are you gonna say that the battle between an old dude and a guy in a huge mask isn't good choreography? <laughs> 
Well, it's Carol a little disappointing. <laughs> no, because if you look at the entirety of the Star Wars films, it's clearly a statement on the current state of the Force. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's all on purpose, dude. That shit is brilliant. He's uh, the the foresight of that scene. I like how you're all defending it, though. That's... This is I know this is great. I don't, I don't even have to do anything. It's, I it's just... telling you how you're necessary. Luke Skywalker is to bring <laughs> some some action yes, to the yes, force. Yes, you're right. This it's was a, all foresight, right? Yeah, I'll buy that. It just wasn't. Yeah. It's a big, beautiful, cinematic moment. The mystery of the Jedi just becoming a pile of clothes. <laughs> Fuck you. I mean, that's how I want it. Because all the stormtroopers <laughs> just run up and be like, I gotta watch this shit. <laughs> and the stormtrooper who bumps his head yeah, on the door. Oh, that's the awesome. Scream. Um, I love that forever. Yeah, I mean to your to your point, David. Um, Carol Carol gave the the long standard canonical answer, which is mm-hmm. Obi Wan is old, Darth Vader is a cyborg. They're not very good at fighting at this point. Um, obviously, the real world answer is that special effects didn't really allow them to do anything very extravagant. And uh, I mean, yeah, even I mean, even as a kid, I was always like, oh yeah, that's that's the boring dumb lightsaber battle, like. <laughs> Like Empire, they touch tits a couple times. What do you want? Uh, and so it's it's one of those things. Like I don't, I didn't see it for the first time in 1977 without seeing some of what they did in later movies and what other yeah. movies of that era did. And so if someone wants to tell me that like in 1977 that was like a mind blowing thing to have seen, I can't tell them they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. sure that it was, but for me in the mid eighties, yeah, it's, it's not that great of a, I mean, that's, and that's what I loved about Phantom Menace is that at the end you get that fight scene. I'm like, now we're finally seeing like Jedi's in their prime kicking ass with lightsabers. That fight scene is so dumb. It's so awesome. <laughs> so stupid. We'll get to it. No, okay. It's just interesting that George Lucas would like introduce something like the lightsaber and then he doesn't really do much with it in the first one anyway. And I think that's all down to technical limitations. Yeah. Like, I think mm-hmm. he did everything he was able to do with the tech at his disposal and the budget at his disposal. Anyways, yeah, we can go on. Uh, you want me to give you a nitpick from, from New Hope? Sure. You got it. Uh, this is one that I never really even considered until Family Guy did their uh, their their tongue-in-cheek but lovingly rendered adaptations of the of the Star Wars movies. Um, at the beginning when C-3PO and R2 get in the escape pod and go down to Tatooine and the Imperial guy on the ship is like, oh, should we blast that? Like, no, nah, it's just empty. Must be a malfunctioning pod. And as they joke on Family Guy, like, what, do we get charged by the laser here? Like, what harm is there in just shooting the thing down? It's awfully lucky for everyone involved that the Imperials weren't just like, hey, let's shoot that pod that might maybe have somebody in it. And I have no, yeah. I have no real good answer in there except for maybe like I don't know well, the the force is stepping in to help move things along. Well, it's like what do they just have to blow up everything all the time? You would be like whatever. Why? We, just, we don't have to blow it up. Okay, What's the point? They're the empire. Why wouldn't you blow it up? I got another nitpick now. <laughs> okay, which is Leia gets over the destruction of her home planet, family, friends, everything she's ever loved really quickly. Oh, yeah, you want to talk about how um, as great as Carrie Fisher is, uh, I should say as great as Princess Leia is, it's pretty shitty that after they leave the Death Star, 
the woman who just lost her planet and everything <laughs> she knows takes the time out to console Luke. Yes. Just, <laughs> who just his... lost his crazy old desert hermit he's known for two days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. That's the emotional labor for I was just going to say emotional labor. <laughs> <laughs> we all get gold stars. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's emotional drama has never been well, any of the Star Wars movie strong suits. I think it was a lack of appre- appreciation, probably on everybody. I'll say like George Lucas is part of what it would really mean for your planet to just get right, destroyed. Right. Like, like that's one of those like so far out there concepts you have a hard time wrapping your head. Yeah, yeah really true. think about the ramifications of that right right well i know that when my planet got destroyed (laughs) it took me two years to really well that's and to be micro like you just think of anything even like any sort of mass tragedy in our lifetime and how altering it was and then you have to like try to think of what it'd be like on even a greater scale well i read an article recently about how like you can hear once you get beyond an individual, it gets harder to empathize, actually. Yeah. Like, if you go, yeah. oh, like, a little yeah. girl got kidnapped, you're like, oh, God, that's so troubling. And But if it's like, oh, a whole bus full of school children exploded, yeah. it's, like, too horrible to even comprehend. Barely anyone's talking that's about the fact fair. that two weeks ago, like, 50 people got shot and killed. So Right. Know. And we're just kind of like, whatever, we're done with that now. Yeah. Speaking of which, Empire <laughs> Strikes Back. <laughs> Um, so i think it's the best star wars movie personally that's a pretty popular opinion among yeah. the the cine nerds i'm inclined toward agreeing well no i'm gonna say first star wars just because it made everything happen yeah and it has a little bit more of a the tone is so like pure in the first star and it wars has an too, ending shout out alec guinness who's not coming back to any of the other star wars mm-hmm. except as a tiny ghost and was always kind of too much of an actor's actor for star wars yeah. and when kids would come up to him for autographs he'd be like go back to your mother no <laughs> And uh, also that original Star Wars does stand on its own. Like, if that was the whole yes. thing, it would work. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, if it didn't get picked up, it would just be a beautiful little tale. Mm-hmm. So, Empire. Yeah, it's the darkest. Uh, it yeah. doesn't have Ewoks. It does have Lando. Lando's I fucking sweet. love. I fucking love Lando. I, I, he's smooth. He's he is aged like a, a a fine brandy for me. Where it was like he's yeah. aged like fine Corinthian leather, oh, yes. like, like that car as a, commercial. As a where kid, as that. a kid, I didn't realize. I was just kind of like, yeah, Lando, he's fine or whatever. But like as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, that guy is the fucking bomb with his <laughs> blue silk cape and his smooth as shit patter. And, Although they do yeah. pull that thing where uh, when Lando first meets Han and they act like they hate each other or whatever, like you got a lot of nerve coming back. And then they're just palling around, and I'm like, who are you trying to fool with this initial interaction here? Like, were you just, was Han trying to play goof on the rest of the crew or something? Or what? Yeah, maybe he wanted to see if the Wookiee got that <laughs> for some reason. I don't no, know. no, I think Billy D is fucking with him, but it's also indicative of their relationship, that they have this, like, love and friendship, but they've also probably fucked each other over a lot. You know? I thought like, you were going to just say scandals. fucked each other, but... No, they're just That's like two kind of scummy guys who've been friends for a long Come time. On, just you know, admit they fucked. I I never I said they didn't fuck. <laughs> you'll you'll be sh- you'll be shocked to learn that there was a a book which detailed their final encounter before Empire and just why oh. Lando maybe 
that has thus been rendered out of canon, so I don't know. What the I was going to say you read all those books, and those oh, yeah. have all gotten booted yeah, well, from that's Star Wars. A whole Wars. other thing we could sit and talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did okay. they touch tips, Austin? They did not. That's why they touch tips. That's yeah. fine. So, complaints. Uh, I, I got two major ones. Okay. Well, I was just going to say real quick that yeah. uh, Empire has settled in as my favorite of all the Star Wars movies. Uh, yeah. If you were to ask me objectively which is the best, I would probably say the original Star Wars, but that is not ranked at the top of, of my list for like my personal favorites, the ones that I would most want to put in and rewatch and whatnot. Sure. Oh, and you talked about your favorite shot in Star Wars. My favorite shot in all of Star Wars is when it's just Yoda's face and Luke is taken off in the in the ship mm-hmm. and the lighting keeps changing mm-hmm. on his face yep. and it's like all red and then it's all white and he's talking to obi-wan who you don't see on screen there's just something really like amazing yeah. about that to me when he's like there is another yeah yeah that was... that's right it has the whole training montage it has the hoff opening with that yep. snow scene and han touching tips inside the wampa yeah, with luke uh-huh Warm. that image of those for warmth that image of those guts coming out is also like yeah. totally burned into like yeah. my infant brain. Yeah, like, yeah the foley that. on that is also really good. It sounds like they're shaking out wet macaroni salad. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so your so your nitpicks, Ryan. Okay, well, one is uh, kissing his sister. Yes. Yeah. So do you? I mean, do you think <laughs> that they just hadn't? rounded out the story enough to yes. like that yeah. George Lucas had not yet decided they were siblings. 100%. He doesn't know Con- what yeah. Okay. Doing. Which is it, yeah. contrary to what he may tell you, he did yeah. not he had not figured that out. But then yet. what do you think? Yeah, cuz I was talking to him the other day <laughs> and he definitely <laughs> said he was already, always planned it that well, way. Were you talking to him about Howard the Duck? I was. He'll answer he any doing? question about Howard the Duck. <laughs> That's my favorite. Well, do you think, well, what's interesting is this is the same movie that where they have the, there is another line in there. And did he, uh-huh. did he like. Right, right, right. Like, what did he There's think that meant at the go time? Go and kiss yeah. them. Go and kiss your sister. Yeah, it, this is where it's hard to say because you can't, you can't get an honest answer out of George Lucas. And, yeah. some, of, <laughs> and some of that, I mean, some of that is just, that he, it's, it's a little bit like the Stan Lee syndrome, which is he's just getting old. And he yeah. just doesn't remember. Well, I think too, these remember, guys just or he yeah, they farted stuff. all this shit out. Right. I think yeah, it means so... way more to the people who watch it and oh, talk yeah, about it than definitely. the people who made it. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Lucas sees it as dollar signs. <laughs> He's a hack. He's a hack, hack, hack. The other tricky thing is that um, that Empire was co was was written by a number of different people, and it okay. went through a number of different drafts. And one, I mean, one of the reasons that it's that it's generally considered one of the best, if not the best, Star Wars movies is um, partially because Irvin Kershner directed it and partially because of the people that they had working on the screenplay from Lawrence Kasdan to Lee Brackett. Lee Brackett turned in an early draft before she died, and she was like a a venerable, longstanding sci-fi writer. Um, Some of the stuff from her early draft has surfaced, and it's kind of cuckoo bananas, but that's always kind of how it is with early drafts because you just never know how it would have played out on screen. But... So you get, that's where it's one of those where you just, there's so many cooks in that kitchen that it's hard to say what, who came up with what. And it's entirely possible that, like, Lucas's initial story treatment for Empire had the line about there being another, and he knew that that was Leia, but never necessarily brought that to anyone else's attention. And then 
Kirshner decided to have them kiss on set, and then Lucas Lucas was just like whatever, and never really pieced it all together. I'm not saying that's what happened. Like that could. I think if he knew, he would have been like, no, yeah. that's his sister. <laughs> cared that if he was thinking about it at the time too if he's just like yeah. this is my plan and then he just filmed me like yeah yeah because the love triangle is a huge thing though right like oh, yeah, yeah totally yeah, yeah. Sure. totally it's hard not to use that cheap story I device. so i wonder if all the multiple writers and stuff you're talking about is what leads to so i've seen this movie a bunch and i'd say 10 years ago i realized this while i was watching it and now it always distracts me and there might be a solution i feel like it could have actually been dealt with very simply because how long is this movie? Because I mean, how much how much time go... passes in the course of it? Yeah, because this long? is yeah. Luke's whole training as a Jedi. But it seems like they're in the Cloud City for like not very long at all. The the key workaround to that, and like you, Ryan, that is something that never occurred to me as a kid and only occurred to me like maybe ten years ago. Um probably because I was reading something from an angry nerd online who pointed it out. Um, <laughs> but the the easy workaround is that the Falcon's hyperdrive was damaged, so they wouldn't have been able to travel from the asteroid belt outside of Hoth to Bespin in any speedy sort of way. Mm-hmm. And so it probably took them a few weeks to get from... The asteroid belt to Bespin and all of Luke's training montage stuff sort of overlaps with that time period. So how long is Luke training on Dagobah? Uh, for a, at least a few weeks, presumably. Yeah, that just doesn't seem like very much, especially if you look at yeah. all this shit of Star. Like how we in the new Star Wars, like Luke's gonna be like the last remaining Jedi, and it's a big deal. And you're like that motherfucker's got like two weeks of training. <laughs> all these other guys <laughs> dedicated their whole lives to it, and they still fucked up. But this now asshole. That he's old. Now that he's old, he's important. Well, that's yeah. that's where you get again some of the some of the nerdy in universe kind of explanations for that. It's a testament to Luke's raw power. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it's also a testament to Yoda and Ben being shitty people, and how <laughs> they they aren't they aren't really concerned about making Luke a good Jedi and a good shepherd for a new generation of Jedi. They're worried about putting him up against Vader and the Emperor and having him kill Vader and the Emperor, and so it's more about uh, forging a weapon and and putting it in mm. use than it is about let's make this kid into the best Jedi ever. And so they mm. don't tell him a lot of stuff that would probably be useful. I mean, Yoda, whether he's got books or something, I don't know. He could probably could have told Luke lots of stuff about the way the Jedi used to work and how they did their training. So he could be like someday in the future, when you're raising new Jedi, here's some tips on how to do that. But he didn't care about any of that shit. He only cared about getting Luke pointed in the direction of Vader and the emperor and finishing the job. Hmm. I want to touch on Mark Hamill here. So he gets uh, hit by a, a snow monster in the first reel, and that's because he was in a real life car accident. That is, so they worked not his stars into the movie. Of that. What? what? That is a long-standing urban legend that has I'm what? Being dispelled. Yes. Oh, I thought that was a fact. Are you serious? Uh, Are you sure it's a fact? I am pretty sure. Well, I got the I got the gruel orphans pulling up the uh, the article that I read on it once upon a time. The gruel younglings. 
but I'm gonna mow yeah, down exactly. at the end of this. When you, when you <laughs> go to the dark side. You're gonna just. <laughs> I killed them. I killed them all. But so that's <laughs> children. That's about all I got for. I mean, it would. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like I wish they had cooked up a story, the B story, to just be something that really clearly took a long time. They could have even just like had them sort of get it established as comfortable on the Cloud City, you know, like, right. oh, we've been here for six well, months. And the or... key, yeah, and the key thing would have been maybe have them have be in a change of clothes when they come out of the Falcon at, at Cloud City. <laughs> I mean, I guess your explanation there is they didn't have, like, Han wears this, like, everyone in Star Wars wears the same fucking thing all the time. Like, I guess that's true, yeah. Nobody ever that's true. One outfit per planet. Yeah. yeah. It's Except for, uh, well, Padme yeah. always changes clothes. Oh. Right. right. She's that, crazy. Is, that, that is true. Also, when Luke's like, no, that's impossible. His yeah. his face is kind of hilarious. It's amazing. It looks kind of like an angry duck, like, no. Yeah, Austin, it's so good. Why don't they say, Luke, I am your father in this movie? When everyone wants to quote it that way, maybe they should have figured this shit out, huh? I probably for the same reason that nobody on the original Star Trek ever said "beam me up, Scotty." Yeah, really? <laughs> Wait, what does he say <laughs> to Luke? Beam me up or, well, me up says, or teleport? What does he say to Luke? Yeah, what does he say to Luke? He says, "Obi Wan never told you the truth. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, <laughs> I am your father." Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. Other, uh, and your mother. He never says, Luke, Luke, I am your father. What if he was like, Luke, I fucked your mother. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then Luke's like, I totally did. And then Luke's like, wait, so, like, while she was married to my dad? Or... <laughs> Or, or are you trying to say you are? Yes, I'm trying. I'm your dad. I'm your dad, Luke. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. There's a lot of men that night. We don't know who your father is. That would still be a good twist if he was just a guy who just fucked her once. If, no, or if he was like, I fucked your mother. And he's like, that means your father. And he's like, well, it's definitely possible. Then he has to go out but, of glory. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right. So you guys ready for Return of the oh, Jedi? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I don't get any nitpicks. I don't, you you got to speak up, David. David, before you dive into your nitpicks, um, from the Gruel Orphans, uh, regarding yeah. Mark Hamill's facial injury, um, yeah. it's it's a little it's a the guy that wrote this is like he says I'm I'm leaning towards it being false. Uh, oh on the DVD commentary for Empire Strikes Back, Lucas specifically denied that the Wampa scene was written to address Hamill's injuries, noting that the scene had been written sometime earlier. While Lucas is correct, I do not know if that evidence is necessarily rock-solid proof, since the first draft of Empire was written by Lee Brackett in February of 78, over a year after Hamill's accident, and roughly a month before Brackett sadly passed away. Uh, to our to my point earlier about how it went through a lot of revisions, in her original draft, Vader was not yet Luke's father. He just fucked the mom. Yeah. Yeah. As part of that gangbang orgy, David was talking about. Uh, uh, that said, since Brackett's first draft was written over a year before filming began on Empire, I find it a bit hard to believe that Brackett was writing a scene to address Hamill's injury when A, Hamill had already done a film since the injury without incident, and B, he would not be doing Empire for some time. So writing in a scene in 78 based on what Hamill was going to look like in 79 seems like a bit of a stretch. Hmm. Hmm. Well, all right. 
So, so do, you, do you have some other shit? What you got, David? what you got, David? Well, I mean, when I first watched this end to end, one of my pet peeves was that, like, so Luke, like, falls out of the Sky City, gets picked up, his hand is getting recreated and everything. And then, like, I look down or something at a book or something, and I was like, oh, I gotta look. And I look up, and the movie's over already. Oh, and yeah. And I just wish they had more of an ends. ending. That's all. Like, it really felt like Lucas did not know how to actually end this one and just said, eh, this is good enough, and then just throw, throws well, up the crap. one thing I like, I always like second movies because they don't have to resolve it, and there's something about, just I guess because every movie, like, wraps up and has, like, resolved and you feel better, like, I, I... So you don't like complete just stories? That's so com- is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is that it's refreshing to see a movie, especially since you just go, oh, okay, there's a third one, so the story gets right. I feel like it's the same way about The Two Towers, that it just reaches a, a, a cutoff point and then it's over, so you don't have to resolve it. Uh, and there's something kind of relieving about that, because, like, it's, ending... It's less, you know, watching... It makes it feel more like a chapter in a saga than a... Yeah. And than an entity on its own. And I like that it just ends and, like, everything's all fucked up. I don't mind <laughs> like, that everything's fucked up when it ends. I just feel like, I don't yeah. know, it could have ended on more of an ending. I don't know. It's tough to... Well, I think the ending examples, was but that... they all seem stupidly cliched, so I don't want to, like... I, I think the ending is an emotional climax that you find out yeah. that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, and you're like, holy shit! Yeah, not, and that's sort of the I'm ending. I'm not mad where in the story it ended, just how it, how it just kind of, like, they all, like, are on the ship and then... It's over. But it is cool being one of, like, the early blockbuster bombers. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't mind that it ended on a down note. That's certainly not what I'm saying. Like, I didn't think it had to all be wrapped up or anything. Just just the actual, like, when the credits hit. And I will say, David, that that's not enough to keep it from being my favorite, but that really is one of the reasons that I still think New Hope is objectively probably better than Empire because it is a little bit more self-contained. And then it's a perfect baby. <laughs> I would let. And then so then there's the part where they end up in the asteroid belt, and the asteroids are going all over, and they have to swerve around them, right? Yep. But uh-huh. but like an ast, even the densest asteroid belts in the universe have the asteroids are like hundreds to thousands of miles apart from each other, so they should really have no problem navigating even a dense asteroid field because. Well, ha- if David, asteroids ha- existed that close to each other, that field wouldn't last very long because they'd all obliterate each other. How do you, how do you know that's how asteroid fields work in a galaxy far, far away? Because <laughs> look at them. They're all crashing into each other. Like <laughs> Maybe there's something about those asteroids that inhibits the laws of physics. I don't know. <laughs> I think that there's something about Star Wars. I was going to bring this up. Da- David, for, um... I, don't, I don't like Star Wars because they travel faster than light, and we can't do that. So that's <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> I feel like the science of Star Wars is like you really don't worry about it. Like you just let it show I you what they want, and they yeah. No, it's um, it's it is definitely if you want to get like pedantic about how you classify types of stories and things like that. There are like the hardcore sci-fi fans who like hard sci-fi who are angry at anyone who suggests that Star Wars is sci-fi. They would argue mm-hmm. it's fantasy, or if they're being generous, space fantasy. Because it's not a because right. hard sci-fi is about how science changes the story or the characters, and Star Wars don't give two shits about science and how. Yeah, it's, it's not a science. It's science is a means to an end. It's 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 a means to tell an entertaining story. At least I didn't bring up the parsecs. 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining an entire several generations of people's understanding of what parsecs <laughs> are and how measurement works. Uh, uh, my final nitpick is when Han Solo goes out to find Luke Skywalker on Hoth. <laughs> yeah. Austin knows where I'm going, and he <laughs> and then the, he got the like uh, rebel guy, and he's just like. You're not going to make it past the next, the second marker. He's like, then I'll see you in hell. Tauntauntle, freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. And I'm like, what this guy do to you, huh? He's just trying to save your life. Yeah, he's worried That is a good point. <laughs> and like, I guess since it's Harrison Ford, too, like how he gets away with a lot of unobjectionable behavior, um, you're just kind of like damn he's rad like when he says that but you do think about like you're like hey buddy i just work here (laughs) it's really cold you're gonna lose some visibility i'm a little worried i don't think it's safe for you to go out why is he going to hell just for looking out for Han? also i remember always being like oh i guess they have like hell in star wars yes no that that totally stuck out to me as a kid like i was just like oh so there is hell in star wars and that's that's really like the thing in any of the movies that suggests any kind of like Judeo-Christian yeah, but cosmography. I mean, or even like a I theology, mean, really. Just, like He should have been like, I'll see you in Grelemnor. <laughs> we're dinging it, but I mean, they all speak English. And you right. know, you could yeah. be like, oh, oh why are they speaking it? Well, they'll speak whatever language. It's going to be translated for, I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. getting abstracted. They're speaking level. basic data. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're just going to call it English. And so like, you could argue that maybe, like, if you imagined it as a foreign language, they're just translating whatever phrase he used. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, to- no, I, that doesn't really bother me. It's and just, you'd, it's you'd more assume all cultures would have a notion of hell, whether they actually believe in it or not, you know, in that kind right, of thing. Right, right. No, it's... Did you know that everyone in Star Wars is a basic bitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Get it? No, it's only ever, it's sort of interesting simply because they they managed to avoid any references like that everywhere else, but in that one spot. Yeah, they drop a lot of mythos just to tell that guy really hard to go (laughs) fuck himself. (laughs) Yeah, I think, David, from now on, I think whenever you tell me, like, considerate, accurate advice, I'm just going to say, I'll I'll see you in hell! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds really fun to be cool and rapey like Han Solo. Everybody fucking loves Han Solo, so... It's like, hey, drive safe! I'll see you <laughs> in hell. Like, I think you got too much to drive. Then I'll see you in hell. <laughs> too much to drive. <laughs> All right. The Return of the Jedi. When you were a kid, I think I was like 18 before I could say correctly which was Return of the Jedi and which was Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I, I had no such problems. Really? Yeah. For a long time, Jedi was my favorite for a long time. I like Jedi more than most people. Yeah, when I was yeah. like 12 or 13, it feels pretty good. The last third of Jedi from the fleet jumping into hyperspace to the end is probably, to this day, my favorite like sustained chunk of a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's pretty compelling. I lo- Pretty much as soon as Luke goes to the evil guy place with Darth Vader when he like surrenders. The Death Star, right? Is that what you're looking for? The Death Star? That's right, yeah. It is the Death Star. Yeah. So the new Death Star is the obvious gripe, right? Um 
That's well, only Ryan because he's not enough of a nerd, you guys. <laughs> and then I forgot. I haven't watched it in a little while. And then, so we're a really specific age where, because I think the most common gripe, like talking to older nerds as a youth, I like I didn't know that people hated the Ewoks. Yeah. And that's the thing I've come to understand as I've gotten older. Yeah, I always thought they were kind I of... I like them okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they look like pug dogs. I've always been fairly <laughs> neutral on the Ewoks. Like, I never loved them, but I, it never occurred to me to not like them. It was just like, they're in the end of the last Star Wars movie, and they help the fight against the Empire, and why is that a bad thing? Yeah. But I, I was also a kid, so it never occurred to me. And it's a little different. I know it's just different for everybody, but, like, for me when I actually finally sat down to watch the movie, it's like, I already knew the Ewoks were in (laughs) Return of the Jedi. So it's not like, like, what's this shit? Why are there teddy bears all of a sudden? Like, yeah, I knew there's going to be teddy bears and they're going to fuck some shit up. On one hand, they are almost like way too cute. And on the other hand, like they do fight and die. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So they're pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. When that Ewok dies, it's a real hard, hard, I've seen, I've seen a lot of jokes online more recently from fans around our age who kind of like to stick up for the Ewoks, pointing out how they're more or less like little murder bears. And yeah. it's one of those things like the, the movie, because like the movie doesn't underline this necessarily, but when when they first get captured by the Ewoks, like they're preparing to roast Han so that they can, oh, yeah. so that they yeah. can eat him. So it's one of those where you're just like, you have to imagine that, like, they're all chowing down on those dead stormtroopers now. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> like they're, and their they're cute and cuddly, beautiful. but we know from the movie itself that they eat yeah. human flesh. So, but I think, yeah, yeah. something that's the life saving. We for not we in general, people will forget, and this happens to nerds a lot. Is that like, like Star Wars was made more or less for kids, uh, you know, right? Growing yeah. up, and and the best kinds of kids movies can work on adults too, and I get that, of course. And and thirty year old children. It's just always yeah. funny when nerds like like something growing up, and then they get mad at that for not growing up with them. Right. They're suddenly, like, oh, now they're pandering right, to kids, yeah. and I'm like, you liked it because it was pandering to you when <laughs> you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, how dare the static thing not change with me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, the George Lucas is still looking at ways to make kids be like, oh, isn't that cute? And you may have been like, you know, 10 when you first saw Star Wars, and now you're, what, 17 or uh, 16? Whatever. Yeah. When Return yeah. of the Jedi comes out, and now you're right. mad that it's, you know, not emo enough for you, and you're like... Yeah. I mean, I guess there's the classic thing of nerds for whatever they were expecting Wookiees. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like and I, they wanted to, except it was just gonna be too expensive, so they shrunk them down to save well, money and that's what he Well I heard on. George Lucas just didn't want to like he liked the whole them being kind of primitive and using primitive technology to take down the Empire, but then that wouldn't make sense for Wookiees because like Chewbacca could fly a starship fly a spaceship and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. We've but watched, maybe that's just, that was just Chewbacca. an excuse for budget stuff too. You, know? you guys have any other great? Because I'm pretty cool with Return of the Jedi. I'll just yeah. also oh, yeah, I do. Have, I've got one big nitpick, but we. Can... Well, I was just gonna say. Um, I mean, objectively speaking, the whole first act of Jedi is kind of a mess. Like it's cool. Oh, like, I love. Well, no. I think my favorite is the first third. Like the Jabba's Palace shit. I just love the, it. All of the all of the like the cool aliens and the atmosphere of that is great. I love the 
the the big swelling triumphant musical cue as Luke backflips off the 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 diving board from the sand skiff and catches his lightsaber that R2 shoots and starts fucking things up and all that. But when you really get right down to it, whatever their plan was for rescuing Han doesn't make a <laughs> lick of sense. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, oh, a lot of things wants... had to come together. Quite right. Like, let's precisely. just all randomly show up there at different times and we'll make it up as we go along. Seems to be, <laughs> seems to be what the plan is. I feel like Luke should have just ran in lightsaber swinging right, right no first you have to put the lightsaber in the droid then he's got to serve drinks then you gotta get your titties out and hang out on a slug costume where inside one man is smoking a cigar and two other men are manipulating other parts that's so cool that job of puppet man that yeah, thing really is so is. awesome when you've got luke on the diving board and, and he gives that little signal to to r2 <laughs> and i mean i i i've imitated that signal like countless times, like what I'm like, that's what I do. Like motioning if he was two figures and he's like, so they worked out a scenario in which I'm going to give you my lightsaber. And if I need you to launch it at me from across a chasm, I'm going to go like this. Did they have like a roll it to me on the floor signal? Did they have a, a, a sneak it to me through a crowd signal? Like it was like David said, like there's, the perfect sequence of events all fell into place for all for that to kind of come together. Alright. He has the force, man. Yeah. Right, what's so your what's your big nitpick, David? About two nitpicks. One's big, one's little. I'll go okay. with the little one first. Boba Fett dies like a bitch. And <laughs> Yeah. And even the- See, that was the thing too. Sorry, when I I I was again much older and I was always like, who, Boba Fett is who? Yeah, I know. Like I like Star Wars, but I, I don't understand why people are so obsessed with that character. I guess character. that's really like, where the nitpick comes to. It's like, why do people think Boba Fett's so awesome when he really does very little? <laughs> right. Yeah, do I don't get it. remember when he hit his steed in the animated Star oh, yeah, Wars yeah. special? Yeah. That was cool. Now, to be fair, when a character is introduced as the one who can't stop disintegrating people, you kind of give some <laughs> leeway that this guy's got some coolness to him, but he never really displays it. Well, well that's, I mean, that's what it shown. is. He, he looked cool, and he was told by Vader not to disintegrate people. <laughs> and so everyone just assumed, like, this guy's a fucking badass, and I can't... But, like, there's no direct evidence of that. There's no... <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like he does much to capture Han or anything. Or right, anything. he just is in the right place at the right time kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh, oh, you mean the action takes place off screen, like in the prequels? Not really. No, he just doesn't they... do it. Yeah. He's just not yeah. there. He's just yeah. kind of there. Sitting he's just kind of there. Like... Other people capture on. Yeah, like he's just there yeah. when Vader, you know, shows up and then he ta- and he walks away with him, and that's that. You're like, yeah, okay, that's, great. That's you hit, you hit your that. wagon to the right. I don't know. Uh, my biggest nitpick, and I guess maybe it's me, the greatest for risk of offending everyone, the greatest failing of the original movies, I'm is the whole thing is about finally at the end. Luke Skywalker, and you got Darth Vader, and he saves Luke, and now you know they come together, and now Darth Vader's redeemed, and he becomes a Force ghost, and it's all this happy ending. And I have to remind you that he was at least tacitly responsible for the entire destruction of a planet, and that is a completely irredeemable act. He was like a genocidal monster. Yes. <laughs> well, he's, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. like Space Hitler times a thousand. Exactly, or at least, or at least not. Maybe not even space. So he's like space goring times a thousand, or space. Well, space Himmler. So 
Yeah. It's not like... It's not, it's not like Luke's like, hey, dad, stop being evil. And then he kills the emperor. And then they're just like, okay, cool. Come back and live a life with me and my friends now. <laughs> you know, true. like, it's not like they have to deal with them all the time <laughs> and act like nothing happened. <laughs> Although that's a good allegory for family. But um, I, th- I think it's just like he, well, and it's about restoring balance to the force, right? Like the emperor is this incredible uh, source of evil that's just, takes over everything so in his final moments he finally overcomes that that, like obi-wan and yoda are palling around with him in the afterlife for the rest of eternity yeah 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 yeah. he's a cool guy now there'd be some awkward conversations (laughs) sorry i murdered you hey bygone the the key to reconciling that gets back to the the fiction that obi-wan is peddling to luke which is all pretty much just Obi-Wan rationalizing things in his own head and making it easier for Luke to carry out his mission of killing Vader, which is this whole Vader killed Anakin, metaphorically speaking, and that if you think of them as two separate individuals, it's not that Vader got a Force ghost, it's that Anakin Skywalker finally got his Force ghost after being That's murdered dumb. by Vader, which is why <laughs> it wasn't me. I, I was even angry me. Well, and again, I'm not saying I'm not necessarily saying it's the best idea in the world. I'm simply saying that's an idea that is put forth and established within the film. Like this isn't us reading into it. Like they make a big deal about how they can be considered two separate people uh, huh. in the way you approach and them. Then it, which is why in, it doesn't bother me that they yeah. put Hayden Christensen in as the Force Ghost. Because that underlines the notion that that's Anakin. When he's like crusty old Anakin, that's more like Vader got his Force ghost. When it's Hayden Christian Anakin, it's more like that's the ghost from the point at which Vader took over and quote unquote killed Anakin. It would have been cool if Yoda was like a foot taller and had like pecs instead of like young Yoda. <laughs> As a Force ghost? Like, yeah, it's his yeah. idea. Yeah, like, he had like really long hair. Yeah. <laughs> Why are the other two at their oldest point, but then, yeah, Vader gets to go (laughs) Because they're at the point where they died. And so that's why young Anakin, that's where Anakin died. Yoda is still old because that's where he was when he died. That's not good at all. And plus, like, seeing Hayden again after the people, (laughs) which we'll get to, it's just like salt in a wound. Thankfully, he doesn't say or do much. Still, still, I'm furious. (laughs) And Obi-Wan's like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry I cut off your legs and arm. But, well, <laughs> let's hang out forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have not even yet begun our fucking discussion. Is everyone comfortable? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's do this. Because we're about to get into it. Are you guys ready for Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? No, but I'll let it happen anyway. Holy fuck. Um, so should I go first? Yes. So, Austin, <laughs> what is this movie even about? The riveting subject of the taxation of trade routes, Ryan. You so it is, you right? You don't find this a compelling uh, background for your space fantasy? <laughs> no. Uh, no. The fa- Phantom Menace is, is easily the worst Star Wars movie. And yeah. even before you get into Jar Jar Binks and Gungans and wooden Natalie Portman 
and a boring ass pod race. It's just <laughs> structurally not well put together. It has no clear focus. It it's hard to tell who the main character is supposed to be. Uh, yeah. The best argument I would make for main character is is Qui Gon, but nobody really goes through any kind of an arc or any kind of a journey. Or or the best or the best argument for main character is is Palpatine, but that's difficult to argue because he's off screen for most of it. Um, yeah, well, he's like the underlying thing. And that's the only thing I think we've talked about this before that I give the prequels credit for is like the underlying story of like a manipulator who's actually behind both sides of a conflict using it to create like a totalitarian right. regime. Like that's actually very clever. And I think almost I would say well done. Like how it's this underlying thing throughout the movies. Yeah. I remember uh, conservatives were mad because he thought they thought like George Lucas was being too political with what like George W. Bush was doing. And I'm like, I think that says more about George W. Bush than it does about George Lucas. Like he's just having a relatively generic rise to a totalitarian government. And you're thinking like, hmm, that seems a lot like George W. Bush. Like, oh. uh, do you guys remember when George W. Bush was like the worst president? Like, we, just, Still we, didn't not know good, how, we didn't know how lucky we had it. It wasn't. <laughs> just because we're eating two shit sandwiches today doesn't mean <laughs> back when we were eating one shit sandwich was like hot and great times, you know. Um, so yeah, Fan- Phantom Menace is my, is my least favorite Star Wars movie. And it is, it is a movie where the best thing I can say about it is that uh, I like parts of it. But as a whole, it, it does not hold together very well at all. Let's talk about how it ruined Jake Lloyd's life. <laughs> well, oh, let's God. talk about how Star Wars fans ruined Jake Lloyd's life. Well, let's also talk about how Jake Lloyd ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> was he the kid? He was the kid. Yeah. Okay. One of the biggest fuck-ups is having him be a little kid yeah, in the first yeah, one. Was... It just doesn't Who make sense. Who didn't want to see Darth Vader as a whining little child? Well, and the other thing is it seems like Star Wars is supposed to be this sort of cyclical narrative. So, like, Anakin's story is supposed to reflect Luke's. And one way you fuck that up <laughs> is by having him only be Luke age in the second and third one. It's just, like, not... And trying to have, like, this whole intergalactic war. Well, you know, just this galactic war going on. And then, like a kid be instrumental in it just seems pretty messed yeah. up and like any sort of and being like oh whoa oh gosh <laughs> golly <laughs> the way they... now this is pod racing how much just people bumbling around ended up winning this war it was pretty ridiculous yeah like jar jar does a whole bunch of like uh... zaniness that like ends up like defeating the droids as well as uh, Anakin being up there in the ship and not knowing like what the afterburners do or something. And just, I'll like, tell you. I'll yeah. tell you one thing. He knows, David. He knows that that is pod racing. <laughs> oh. God damn! I and mean, it's... yeah. It's just I love Lucy bumbling through yeah. Star Wars. It's not even like a person who's learning skill. It's just these fucking children and idiots. Jar Jar is the worst part. Of yeah. The yeah. Yeah. I, the thing about Jar Jar is I understood what was trying to be accomplished with him. It was a failing on multiple levels, but at least I got the thinking behind it, whereas a lot of this stuff, I just don't even know, like, why you want a kid. I mean, I know what George Lucas's explanation is, but I'm like, that just wouldn't work at all. Trying to create, like, a lovable character for kids to get behind, I'm like, yeah, that's what you're going to do with Star Wars now. Well, it's like, I can see how he failed. He failed at something. He You can tell what he's trying to do. Yeah. 
But being a person who's been in Hollywood this long and made this many movies, <laughs> like, how can you make a movie that you can't, like, there's, you can't write the summary of the movie on the back of the box. I know. There's no elevator <laughs> no, pitch that... for the first Star Wars. Like, it, it doesn't shows. make sense. Yeah, it's a mess. Uh, it shows how much George Lucas was propped up by his wife and yeah. his co-directors and everybody else. Because now the Emperor wears no clothes. The Empire Strikes Back has clothes. These do not. Because George Lucas is just there. Nude, failing, neckbeard, yeah, I mean, you chubby, could, you could make useless. A, you could make a case, and Saros Minikais has made this case, that uh, Rick McCallum is the the true cause of the prequels uh, problems. Uh, who is the producer, who is Lucas's main producer, and he was more or less just a toadying yes-man who didn't rein in any of Lucas's influ- you know, extreme yeah. desires or anything. He it's on him, too. He didn't bring in strong collaborators. He had a fundamental misunderstanding of the material. And yeah, I mean, the the first three Star Wars movies are George Lucas's vision, but a lot of talented people helped execute that vision. And for yeah. a number of reasons particularly in the first movie, financial. Um, and then in the second and third, his, he had other interests and was in other areas. Those people had a bigger hand in it. And by the time the prequels rolled around, George Lucas was just this rich, wealthy guy who was just going to do what the fuck he wanted to do and didn't want to listen to any criticism. And he just shit out a first draft on a legal pad and they just shot it. Yeah. And I always feel like the um the prequels are like a weird argument against creative control. No, <laughs> like this is what happens if you someone actually gets to do whatever they yeah, want exactly. in like a huge vest. That's really painful. That's one of those you could one of the things you can give the prequels credit for is they are George Lucas's vision. Like he made what he now you might not like that vision, and it's very clear yeah. and it's very clear that and it's very clear that Carol doesn't, but you know, this isn't. Nothing was compromised. Nothing was was. Uh, <laughs> please compromise, nobody George. Said no, please. ever. Right. Now, <laughs> this wasn't no. the result of studio meddling. This wasn't the result of marketing forces. This is what George Lucas wanted to do, for better and worse. Uh. That's what kills me because how many people in a lifetime will get that level right. of creative control over that level of money? Like mm. twenty people in the world, and this guy fucking and, blows and it. And I think it's important yeah. to Jesus. point out because I think that a lot of people's ire with the prequels stems from this fact: just because what George Lucas wanted to do with the story was different than what you had in your head the story to be, doesn't make it inherently bad. Which isn't to and say, different from what a good story is, which, is, which does that's make totally it inherently thing. bad. That's what I'm yeah. saying, because I didn't have, like, I didn't, uh, I remember being a kid and imagining what the prequels would be like mm-hmm. and shit. And, um, there, I mean, and I remember seeing the preview for episode one, and it was the most amazing shit ever. Like, it looked like it was going to be so good. And so I, I don't, I want to say I had, like, a set preconceived notion of what i wanted it i just wanted a movie that fucking made sense and was enjoyable uh, yeah my my dad who who does like sci-fi stuff he's like a huge trekkie actually but that's beside the point like he knew of the movies or whatever he liked them but he was never like into star wars or anything but i remember we like as a family like would like they watched it i fell asleep during it that one time but anyways uh when i was growing up and one time i realized someone you know I found out that the first Star Wars movie was actually the fourth, you know, it was labeled yeah. episode four. And I was like, I'm like, 
And I, and I go to my dad, I'm like, why would he start at episode four? He goes, eh, probably because he thought the first three would be too boring. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> oh, without man. any other insight. And so I guess maybe there's part of me that always had that thought in my mind. So I was never like, <laughs> when you hear about prequels, I'm like, eh, they're probably boring because that's why he started at number four. So I was always more excited for like a seven, eight, nine than I would be a one, two, three. But, well, yeah, I mean, eh, imagine, <laughs> imagine how, imagine how much better the prequels would be if they started with episode two. Like literally, yeah. like, that was episode one. And then episode yeah. three got broken out and drawn out and made into two longer movies. But it just, yeah. it just starts with Anakin is Obi-Wan's apprentice. He's got this weird, creepy thing for this gal that he once helped out. Oh, yeah. And it's really all you need to know. That's, that's, that's true. Really know. Like, he's talented, but yeah. he's troubled, and you move on from there. Like, all of the, the vast majority of the Phantom Menace stuff is really unnecessary backstory, and that's why it doesn't Cut. hold together as much of, as, like, a cohesive movie because it's just a lot of, like, stuff that happens on the way to more important Yeah. Stuff. All right. I also but think it, uh, that Star Wars, part of what Star Wars is, is, like, technical innovation. And it's sort of about, this is how we can make movies look now. And right. I think, like, I mean, I guess the originals are dated, but they also represent, like, the best of an era. Like, mm -hmm. to me, they don't look dated in the same, they don't look bad, like, yeah. when you say dated. Um, but the prequels, like, I also wish they had come out, like, ten years later, because... They represent this really kind of awkward growth moment where CG is starting to be standard, but it's still not that good a lot of the time. And uh, also, like, just the way these movies are made, all the prequels, it really feels like people who are in a green room that yeah. don't really have context for what their scene is about and are yeah. just reading this nonsense. And they, you know, they haven't studied the script or anything. And, uh, and they've also probably spent, you know, 14 weeks training with lightsabers and not done any character work you know and they're just like oh right i'm gonna do this now there's copious behind the scenes footage of yeah. george lucas just sitting in a chair drinking starbucks like job of the fucking hut and he even says like oh go ahead and say cut or 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 action if i forget like it's just people walking down <laughs> hallways doing bland exposition this one is maybe the second uh, clone wars send in the clones it's it's send maybe even worse the than the first one <laughs> Right. Uh, well, Star Wars, send in the clones. We're not going on to the Clone because... Wars yet, are we? No, we're not. To your point, aren't we? To your point, Ryan, this is one of those yeah. fun things that I always like to point out that there were more practical shots in the prequels than there were in the original trilogy. Really? Well, the, how many really. C, how many CG shots were in the prequel in the well, like in the original a, trilogy? Like a bazillion of them, and they would go in the original in. trilogy. Oh, in the original trilogy, I. Yeah. It depends on it's how just you, a bunch of matte paintings. Yeah, it depends yeah, on how you depends on if you count how that. you define CG because they used computers a lot with like the trench run stuff and um and things like that. But it's not. But they also do shit in the prequels where it's like people won't even be standing. Like he would move people around digitally. I think he got really interested in this idea of like it's all digital yeah. and you can yeah. scoot people around. And it uh, was detrimental. Like, there wasn't any sense of, like, staging or blocking yeah, or, right. like, chemistry or anything. Right. It feels really detached, everything in it. Like, it feels Cold, like... Sterile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the industrial light and magic did make waves during this. But, I mean, at the same time, every shot, there's, like, just people walking down a hallway and their background's really opulent. Or a fucking Bantha is shitting and some guy's walking in it. Yeah. Then another guy's doing this and it's this and this and this and it's oversaturated. 
but it doesn't like read clearly yeah as a story it's well, like here's some more fucking shit yeah in terms of the look of it too i was going to talk about it when we got to episode seven because the original trilogy is pretty perfect because it looks so like lived in is a lot of what's appealing to me about the star wars world and then the prequels are really busy like they're overly detailed kind of and nothing really looks that cool and then i feel like the new ones are uh feel a little bit empty at least the one that we've seen but it feels like there's not enough stuff yeah and see and i would agree with that but i like some of the busyness in I think it can be good. I just don't think any of the design is really that good. I think Padme's yeah. shit in this one and Darth Maul, it's got some stuff, but um, as it goes, too, there's just not a lot of kind of like iconic, cool, uh, new ideas visually in the like, prequels. Like all the new Jedi suck. Mr. Fucking yeah. dude, yep. Mr. Like Pink Yoda, it's all shit. Yeah. It's just so bad. Um, Except Samuel L. Jackson another token trying to get the audience gosh they never they never gave him something cool to do he no i know one guy with 10 guys cool were beheading do, guys which was have a purple lightsaber which is the most badass thing you can do i'm pretty sure he declared that a party was over master Windu. how pleasant of you to join us this party's over <laughs> that's true i'm pretty down with kit fisto also yeah a lot of people, lot of people like kit um. fisto yeah, I'm down with Kid Fisto. Um, Why? I was always I was always a Kaya D. Mundi fan myself. Oh my god! So when Episode Three came out, it was what I felt like it was a bummer that they were over because it seemed like they finally visually got where they were going the, with the to prequels. Your point, Ryan, part of the problem with the, some of the visual stuff is was just inherent in doing the prequel, which is that they had to build towards the designs that we were familiar with in the in the original trilogy and so a lot of the stuff was by necessity like by narrative necessity reminiscent of what we'd already seen before so it was a lot harder to do something and really one of the mm-hmm. best things i think about phantom menace is uh is amidala's like cool ass chrome spaceship just because that oh. really is <laughs> unlike anything else that we saw in any of the other movies yeah yeah well i think like <clears throat> like in empire strikes back there's like the ATAT walkers and there's Yoda and then in um in a cloud city and then in uh Return of the Jedi there's Jabba the Hutt and there's Ewok like everything had these really iconic like really cool uh creations and I think that really stops with the original trilogy like they're they still like, go to some interesting looking shit in the in the prequels but nothing is like iconic to me or like feels very what inventive. about Dex? What about Dexter Jexter? That's exactly what Dexter I mean, Jetster, though. Like shit like him. that. He was Where... fat and based off of a race. Didn't you like that? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> when you brought up race, like who are the trade aliens? The uh... oh yeah, I was waiting Those for that. Too. Yeah, they're kind of racist, yeah. right? As you know, a blockade is perfectly legal. Yeah. A lot of, all the new aliens are racist and <laughs> shit designed and CGI. It's like a real gag fest. Oh yeah, so I'll get into my more specific ones too. Another thing that really bugged me, I remember even when it came out, because I think everyone saw episode one and was like, no, that was pretty good. And it was like this slow burn of how bad right. it was. Yeah, I was like yeah. for a week. Yeah. But I remember even after seeing it on opening night being like, wait, it was an immaculate conception? Yeah, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> what? That's hard. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. you're right to do so. Well, and midichlorians is the yeah, other we one. We have to bring up midichlorians, yeah. right? They suck. They suck. 
<laughs> I will say... Well, Austin, do you want to defend midi-chlorians before... Well, uh, before, yeah. before I do, let me ask you guys this. <laughs> when, yes? when you were, like, kids watching the original trilogy, did you believe that, like, if Han went to Dagobah and hung out with Yoda, he could have learned how to be a Jedi? No. Yes. No. No. <laughs> He tried really I hard. Think it was something innate. Like people are born, yeah. with a gr- greater power to use the force than others. Like this sounds racist. Well, this hey, sounds no, 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 you're like right. some people okay. are born to p- be taller than others and thus can play basketball when I can't. You know, I don't know. Right I mean. now, David, that's that's how I grew up watching. To me, it was never a question. Like Luke was genetically different. Like there was something about him that enabled him to use the force like Han couldn't no matter how hard he tried because he didn't have whatever it was that made him able to use the force so for I me, feel like everyone has a little bit of force yeah that's yes, well, everyone they must everyone, why else would you be alive course, without access to the yeah that would be the other thing like maybe if Han really tried he could like get a coffee cup right because Han is a skeptic I'm, he doesn't even believe in the force that's yeah. like part of his, but, his right I, right I've got to imagine it has, like, similar things to, like, meditation where some people can be, like, more spiritual than others. But yeah. if anybody goes in and does the work and clears right. and gets but their chi balance, you can achieve. When I watch Star even Wars, Han Solo. that's not how I thought of it. I thought of it as everyone, everyone's part of the Force, but only certain people can use it. Can use it to, like, telekinetically grab stuff and backflip and jump around. And that's just how I always assumed that it was. And so when episode one came along, all midi-chlorians are is a name for that thing that I always understood it to be. That's what makes Jedi able to use the Force and non-Jedi not able to use the Force because they yeah, don't have enough weird to put a biology, like some sort of organism. It absolutely is. My only point is I feel like, like it, it never even occurred to me that it wasn't a genetic thing. Yet I encountered somebody as an adult who was who told me how like they thought Han could be a Jedi if he wanted to, and I was like, oh, that's probably why a lot of people don't like midi chlorians because it establishes that not anyone could be a Jedi. It establishes only no. certain people can be a Jedi. No, I don't like it because it's like a logical explanation to something that's like inherently mystical. Yeah. You know, like how we talked about how it's not sci-fi, it's fantasy. You're like, I don't want a, a practical explanation well, for this. What's weird with me was I used to defend midi-chlorians because I misunderstood <laughs> the mo- what they were saying. What? So I'm like, it's not that bad. And now I feel like my misunderstanding was better than what it really is. Because like, they like produce the force or something stupid like that. Yeah. And my my original thought was what they were saying was like midi chlorians are like these like microscopic organisms that are attracted to the force, and like they don't they're pretty benign and don't do anything, and that like if you're really strong with the force, you'll have a lot of midi chlorians in in you just because they're attracted to you because you're strong with the force. That's so they're like a parasite. Yeah, uh, maybe not a parasite because they're not like harming you necessarily. They're just kind of there because they like they're, they're like a moth guy. to a flame kind of thing. And so it's just a way to measure how strong you are with the force because they figured out well if there's a lot of midi chlorians around you, you're going right. to be strong with the force because they are attracted to it. And his chart we're off the chart. And I'm like, eh, you know, they they just wanted a way to explain why they can measure how strong someone is with the force, and that's not the worst thing in the world. And then it turns out no, they somehow convert things into force energy and you're like really making something that's 
supposed to be quasi mystical into something super like scientific and it just doesn't yeah, work yeah, at all. And, and for me it sounds like a false science, mm-hmm. like phrenology. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, get totally. out the skull calibers and measure your head, and you're part of the superior race. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's straight up space. <laughs> well, and it's like an, it's an unnecessary explanation, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, it's no like, one wanted it would just an be better. To... That's like the movie Prometheus, I feel like, is like that, where you're like, this was yeah. better when there was no story. <laughs> yeah. You know what I call it? I call it diminishing return yeah. of the Jedi. Uh, yeah. You know what it is? It's a sea money original. What? It's when we learn the history of Jack's tattoos. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. <laughs> um, and for me... I don't know what that means. lost. Me don't neither. worry about it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, sometimes I like, sometimes I like to do, think about how like Qui-Gon is this crazy like out there Jedi and that the rest of the Jedi don't necessarily buy into this midi chlorian stuff, but he's like the phrenology guy that's like, yeah, this is totally <laughs> this is totally out like, yeah, yeah, there goes Qui-Gon with his midi chlorians again. Um He's like, nah man, midi chlorians. But um, <laughs> for me, when when they when Phantom Menace came out, they'd already done books where they had tried to come up with a like a physical marker for Jedi because they basically wanted to have Luke find Jedi and start a new Jedi order. And so they needed some, way yeah, but why don't they just sense them with the fucking yeah, force, <laughs> which is the whole point which of that. That's what, what the thing is, books, but it's also kind of weird. And so my only point being that not that the mini clarions are a great idea, but when they announced it, I was like, eh, that's better than that dumb shit that was in the books. <laughs> and, and so uh, like, it was already clearing a low bar for me. I guess we should say that George Lucas's explanation was that like, his whole idea is that like magic is just science we don't understand yet, and it was kind of like they understood it better yeah, in the prequels, and, it, and then like through the purging of Jedi, that it became more. He wanted to yeah. establish that it was a more regimented, known science back then versus the more mystical, folklorish yeah. of the of the original trilogy, yeah. and it ties in with the whole. Uh, symbiosis. There are two theme of Phantom Menace, which, as much as there's barely any narrative thread to Phantom Menace, that he beats you over the head with the. There's always a bigger fish. There's always two two organisms <laughs> in a symbiont circle. <laughs> stuff. I, and the, that movie sucks. I would say one of what could have been one of a what could have been one of the baddest ass moments of that movie and maybe even star star wars was with darth maul and his second uh lights his second blade i don't know what the proper yeah. term is like, yeah no the second the double bladed lights like that was we went from like simple <laughs> lightsaber fights and then he just starts oh what if this villain had two lightsabers oh what if they had four <laughs> that's that i don't I, that doesn't seem like a problem to me Carolyn, but uh, right, I don't understand. What's your problem with that? But I'm saying, like, when he breaks out the second one, that would have been so badass if not for all the marketing beforehand that let you knew that a double bladed lightsaber oh. was already there for yeah. Darth Maul, and they may have even shown it in the trailers and stuff. Oh, they and did. It, they totally showed it in the trailers. And it, oh yeah, that was like an everything. But it yeah. feels like if they could have hidden that, because like the movie oh, yeah. seems to act well, like that's that. Well, that's just the world surprise. we live in, man. Because three months before episode one even came out, you could buy a double-edged lightsaber know, made of plastic. They sold millions of them. Awesome, they made. Man. I could have just blown people's minds at the time. It wouldn't have been that good. Mm-hmm. That movie was profitable before it came yeah, out right. because of 
merchandise. And again, for me, so, you know. there, there had been characters running around in the comics with double-bladed lightsabers for years. And so when I first oh, saw Oh, really? That, oh, yeah. yeah. XR, XR yeah, but, Gun was the... But if you didn't know the movie was going to do it, you oh, probably no, 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 would have no, no, no. like, marked out for it. You know? I'm getting more to Carolyn's disgust with the two lightsaber thing. Um, for, for me, it was like, holy shit, that thing that I've only seen on the printed page, I'm going to get to see in live action now. Yeah. But it would have like, been cooler if you just saw it. You'd be like, oh, they did it. I can't believe they did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just like more is less and less is more. And just the principles where old Star Wars was able to move me with two old dudes and two little sabers. And now it's like 100 makes it better. And yeah. See, and that's why I disagree with you. Because two old dudes with sabers did nothing for me. But three dudes with four sabers did a lot for me. Like that was well, that I was, fall on Austin's side. That was more vis- wow. that was more okay, viscerally fine. exciting to watch <laughs> than two people like I think it's a lot of it though is how much you give a shit about the characters. Like right. there's yeah. like a lot of the big um huge battles you're like, I care about two of these characters and one of them only because I have an association with what they'll be later in better movies. Right? Does anybody uh, care about anybody in Phantom Menace? I, Okay no, there's do. just I don't. I, I, do I, I love Qui Gon Jinn. I think he's. Oh, I don't Why? at all. Yeah. I like Ewan McGregor because I like that actor, and him as a young Obi Wan oh, yeah, Kenobi no. is very. Ewan, oh, Ewan McGregor right. is the like MVP of the prequels. <laughs> to be fair, the yeah. prequels is what made me like Obi Wan Kenobi because. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> you didn't like Alec Guinness. Uh, he was just he an old do guy. He died yeah. like a chump. Exactly. He died like exactly. a chump. <laughs> Oh, he went down like a bitch, <laughs> and almost as much as Boba Fett into that exactly. toothed vagina. But, but that's what I liked about him. I wasn't gonna mention the sandy vagina, but <laughs> it is absolutely like my number one favorite vaginal metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Eating up Boba Fett, having that Wilhelm scream—that's how I live my best days. Uh, yeah. Um, Obi Wan in the prequels <laughs> is probably my favorite prequel character. Oh uh, yeah, easy. Fantastic. Because he's Ian McGregor and he showed his penis in train spotting. Not That's because why. of the yeah. damn line in that script. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but Qui-Gon is my favorite character from Phantom Menace, which is clearing a low bar because uh, there aren't a lot of great characters in there other than Obi-Wan. But. I think I would have liked it better if like he had a daughter that got kidnapped, though. <laughs> he had to go save with the Force and a lightsaber. <laughs> so Qui-Gon's kind of a huge dick. He ripped off that small business owner. Why did yeah. you like him, Austin? He's a very dubious character. <laughs> Very. That's true. Maybe What's Watto. Watto might be my favorite. <laughs> He's a racist caricature. <laughs> yeah, so we can't. He's like, I want the money. Give me the money. Watto's well, pretty great. <laughs> yes. And um. Pod so wait, you, did you, you uh, put that out there? Right? Yep. Yeah, oh, we're we'll, sure okay. Does. Um, we got we got four more all movies right, after this. Right. So, um, but well, did you defend the like immaculate conception of Phantom Menace? <laughs> Seriously, this might be a two-parter. <laughs> the only the only defense I can have for the Immaculate Conception is that Lucas wanted Anakin's dad to not to be a non-issue, and I'm fine with right. that. He just should have been like, had Shmi be like, she's out, he's out of the picture, or I don't know, some Star Wars version of it was a one-night stand or something like that. Like he just that would have been cool. She'd have been like, "Oh, he was a jet, a traveling Jedi, and he just banged I you one time." Old yeah. senator, it that, was uh... happy hour. Well, because of course that still didn't <laughs> that, that hasn't stopped plenty of nerds from theorizing that Palpatine is his dad, that he knocked up uh, his mom, or that he could he created him out of the Force or whatever. But right, um, no, it it introduces a a 
a pointless and unnecessary complication into Anakin's backstory. Which, again, if they had started at episode two when Anakin was a teenager, would never have even been brought up. Maybe well, you can get pregnant by sitting on a toilet seat if it's got enough metachlorians. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, but you still would want to know, like, where his... Where if if he just was a teenager in the first one and they just never mentioned his parents, that would also have been lame. So yeah, I don't know. That is a tough problem, like knowing it's like this endless lineage. But having him be because then he's like this Jesus-like character. But well, that's the other thing was that's uh, overall is like the whole prophecy that he's going to restore balance to the Force. And then in Episode Three, they're like, oh, maybe we misread no, that. I don't no, know. I I'd and then it's like you on that. Yeah, he totally Everyone brought balance to the force. seems to think balance to the force. He massacres all the Jedi's, yeah, like all yeah. of them. Balance to the force. The at force the... was very light side, and now yeah, he's the... balancing it to have mm-hmm. more dark side. At the end of episode Shit. three, there are two Jedi and two Sith. Oh, How is that balance? There's there's the Emperor and Vader, and there's Obi Wan and Yoda. And that's that's. I gotta ask more out of our prophecies, guys. Yeah, it's the Jedi, and, and that and that all just ties in with. George Lucas wanting to talk about like how the Jedi were complacent and beholden to bureaucracy and had kind of lost touch with things. And they're like, oh, this prophecy that'll bring balance to the force. That'll be a good thing. And it's like, no, you morons. You're <laughs> out of balance right now because you're on top. And that's not a good thing. For oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's weird how inept the Jedi are in these <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah, but I, I would argue that that is largely intentional. That, that's, that, okay. that is a point that Lucas is trying to make. He said the word bureaucracy, and that's in my notes. It's just, like, one of the reasons I hate these movies is it's just all that fucking blah, blah, blah with yeah. the Senate and the blah, blah, blah. And none of it makes – it's not well written, and it's just, like – it's, like, the boringest parts of politics, but with CGI, you know? What am I doing? Yeah, I did like the Senate scene, like, visually. I think that's one of the How best visuals How much more exciting would politics be if everyone was in, like, floating hover pods while they were taking away our health care? Yeah. All and if and what if there's a group of ETs that write in? Yes, yeah, yeah, say that. Exactly. Yeah. And they're like, no. e. they better be jacking off. And there's like, and there's like angry guy. space bears in there, and space Jimmy Smiths, yeah. and all kinds of fun stuff. If at the end of every vote, some people in a pod were like, <laughs> <laughs> um, that is what I'm like after every vote. So then another thing that never sat well with me <laughs> is uh, that. Yeah. yeah. That uh but yeah, well so that's a really big note for all of them is the bureaucracy and just the exposition in general and the convoluted nature of the story. I got to really get into episode 2 about the story, but we'll get there in just a second. So is that Anakin built C3PO? I was really annoyed by that when I saw it, this movie. It's terrible. Why? Because it's a mass manufactured robot because it's a protocol droid. What does Shmi need protocol for? It just doesn't even junk store. make any sense, and it doesn't add anything, and it just is such a coincidence. I mean, I know there's always been the idea that, like, C-3PO is kind of the, the witness of everything in Star Wars, that, like, he's the one that sees everything, like, he would be the storyteller of Star Wars, which right. is kind it's of up. a neat idea. There's and other it, versions of C-3PO around, so Anakin didn't make it up. He just made it out of stuff. Right. And it, like, which a lot French, of people like, do in this why? world. <laughs> A lot of people like so to he's build like a templates. He's like a model airplane, basically. Yeah. But I think if he had just been made in the first one and he was new, like I would have been okay with that. But the fact that Anakin, it just seems so like. But isn't the Force all about coincidences? 
I don't know. I guess it's a plot force. Yeah, it's a contrivance. And then that they end up having to erase his memory in the third one because it's the only way to make anything make. It's like obviously, if you have to do that, then you didn't think this through very well. Like, well, yeah, I mean that's where you need if you want C three PO to be your storytelling character, you have to come up with a way for him to not tell that story to people generations later. And so then the decision well, they... becomes. Do you just then not have C three PO be in any of the prequels, and that was probably yeah. not not ever really considered as a possibility for a number of reasons? Huh. I probably would have just left him out of the prequels. Honestly, like it makes sense that that's his entrance, isn't that he's a completely unremarkable robot yeah. until Princess Leia that but moment? I would argue. You know? I'd have given him the cameo like three quarters of the way through. They're mucking shit on the rebel side, like, oh, this sucks. Doesn't well, do, 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 do. That's what they do in Rogue One, you know, right? They're I just like just standing say, there for a minute. I'm pretty, I'm, yeah, like I'm pretty sure you guys are gonna have some complaints coming up about unnecessary cameos. So don't try to tell me <laughs> that adding another one would be better. <laughs> A cameo instead of a starring role. I would also question, now in hindsight, you say it probably would have been better to leave 3PO out, but would you have gotten behind that idea if going into Phantom Menace you were told, oh yeah, C-3PO is not going to be in any of these movies? I mean, I wouldn't. I would have been like, oh, all right. I mean, I um, wouldn't care because I wasn't that but... <laughs> big of a 3PO guy, but I think there are people out there yeah. who would have not liked that idea. I liked that wire design of him, too. That was actually one of the cooler things. Like You sort of see him being built. But um, I w- just if he just hadn't been built yeah, by Anakin, I would have been fine with it. The easy out here is just to have three PO be their droid. Like he, he right. goes out at their house and like works with his mom, and that's that. Like Anakin doesn't have to build them; he can just be the part of their household. I mean, even that would have been a little weird. I think it's just like weird always hang out in Tatooine when that's like where he ended up off of a barge, off of an escape pod, and then you'd you'd think he'd be like, "Oh, I've already been here." I guess he yeah. lost his memory, but yeah. it's supposed to be fucking nowheresville and oh everything actually well that's a whole different yeah about that well yeah and that's (laughs) again that's kind of intentional in the way that it's well the best solution to that is just to have it be a different (laughs) desert planet where everything happens (laughs) that that makes it all fixes it right Uh i mean maybe so yeah and then the yoda puppet is pretty terrible looking and like they always had puppets right that was weird to me that they fucked that up yeah, that Henson Yoda puppet. died. There's no quality left in puppets. Yeah, that Yoda Henson's ghost crap. should be with the other Jedi. I know he really should. Which is why it's one of the few uh, CGI alterations that most fans are kind of okay with. The- yeah, where like that puppet looked fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. They inserted the CGI for the helmet Blu-rays. Yeah. So you guys ready to move on to episode two? <laughs> yeah. Star Wars episode two: Attack of the yeah, Clones. Austin- Nitpick number Def- one. It's called <laughs> Yeah, the Defend the Name. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you didn't grow up with Empire Strikes Back, would that be any less cheesy? No, Empire Strikes Back is a terrible name. Okay. Oh, I never even thought of that, actually. <laughs> but it's like, what does Attack of the Clones even no, mean? They're, like, they're like clones the Empire they Strikes attack. Back. <laughs> they're clones. But okay. Um, All right, so wait. Yeah. The problem is there's not a whole lot of clonage until the end, so I don't know why you're... It, or it could have been called the Clone Wars, and that would have been a better title. Well, that would have been. I would have. People would have been like, "Oh yeah,", yeah. but then they would have been disappointed because it doesn't really show the Clone Wars. It shows the start of the Clone Wars. Yeah, but it barely right. shows clones attacking, and the clones that do attack are attacking on the right side. So I don't know. Well, you don't even know what to make of them. Like, uh, okay, 
So it's not clones of anybody you know. It's not like a clone of Han Solo. It's like a clone of dipshit McGee. No, it's a clone so, of it's a clone it. of Boba Fett's Boba dad. Fett. Yeah, I don't care about Boba Fett's dad. I barely and care I mean, about and Boba Fett. It's technically Fett. a clone of Boba Fett because Boba Fett is just a clone of Jango Fett. Yeah, it's Boba basically Fett is a costume. He's not a character. No, That's basically true. this movie's like, oh, you like Boba Fett? All right, they're all Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> There's your goddamn Boba Fett. Ryan, I think you are 100% correct. I think that's Sergio just being like, all right, you little fuckers like Boba Fett? I'll give you a thousand Boba Fetts. Here's your damn Boba Fett. Now get off my back. (laughs) So, uh, okay, so I want to break down the storyline a little bit. I'm sure we'll have tangents, but because there's two pieces of the story. Uh Uh-huh. Um, okay, well, because there's the A plot and the B plot. The B plot is the romance, which should we just shit on that first? Uh, oh, okay. yeah, no, yeah it's, if I may. It's not good. Before we go into the plot, so bad. anything about this should all be seen through the fact that we got Hayden Christensen here. Right. He's fine. It's whoa, whoa, not whoa. his wait, fault. Wait, wait, wait. It's fine? not Jake He's Lloyd's fine? fault. It's the script's no, fault. No, He's there fine. are definite lines in there which could work. If oh, you yeah. can have the most wooden <laughs> delivery ever. You could hand this script to a different director and different actors and it would be light oh, director. and it would be light that years would be a better. Start. Yeah. No, you can hand it to a different writer too. Well, cuz that's the thing cuz like I think Natalie Portman is a good She's actress. She's a fantastic actress. She really is in everything and but these She needs movies. someone to pull it out of her. She got no direction. No, but from- Lucas. I think there's something magical in the no, making right. of this movie. It's like he, it's like George Lucas was like, "All right, policy of the 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 set. Every time before you film your scenes, you have to give blood because <laughs> it's like everyone's in a trance the whole movie, and that's why the only explanation for me is that they're just standing in like a green room. Yeah, and, and a like, lot of it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that Lucas is a one and done director. Because Lucas doesn't care about performance as much as he cares about other things, other elements of the movie. Yeah, sure. And that's, I mean, yeah. there are some directors who are all about getting the best performance and they don't care as much about a well-written script or special effects or great costumes or anything like that. And there are some directors who are concerned about things other than just, he basically set his camera up, made his shots and said, all right, action. They did their lines and he said, cut. All right, let's move on. And they were like, Wait, do, can we do that again? I could probably do that better. I could do no, no, no. We got yeah. it. You said the lines. We're good. Let's move on. <laughs> if you didn't say the lines, we'll just digitally superimpose right. a mouth so, on right. you that An says actor the right lines. Like Ewan McGregor, who who had a lot of passion for Star Wars going into his casting because his uncle is Wedge Antilles. Um, oh, really? Yeah, the guy that played Wedge, Dennis Lawson, is uh, is Ewan McGregor's uncle. So like he, I Ewan McGregor, that. grew up like a big Star Wars fan and. He had a lot yeah. of passion for this, and I think he's just naturally a pretty good actor. Hayden Christian, this is his yeah. first role. Like, he, I mean, he did some. Yeah, he was in a movie before Yeah, he did this. a few things, but, like, this is his big breakout role. He was essentially, like, yeah. a found actor. He auditioned for it, answered a casting call. Well, so was Mark Hamill, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I think Mark Hamill's a better actor than Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Um, which is not to say that Hayden Christensen isn't capable of giving a better performance, but one and done Lucas wasn't going to get it out of him. Yeah, it was about as wooden as you could get, and it was terrible. Yeah. Well, and these movies are supposed to like fundamentally supposed to sell you on a couple of things. Like one is a character of Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. 
The other is a romance between these two characters, which they just completely fail. And then it's this tragic character turn, mm. which we'll talk about in the next one. But they just completely fail at all Hayden of those. Hayden Christensen is pretty terrible in episode two. He's a little bit better in episode three. Yeah. I kind of I agree with he, you. And that, I think, just comes from it's three years later, and he's gotten a little bit more mature, and he's gotten a little bit more comfortable. And so whatever he's putting out there is slightly better, and that's all that they're going to get from it. I don't hold any of this against any of the actors. I hold it all against George Lucas for writing the script and then against everyone for letting that happen. I would like to see a better actor read his lines, David, and make them sound good. Can Not you give all me of the lines. Uh, Stallone of the, saying the, that sand is coarse? In this one is when uh, at the beginning they're... After they save uh, Padme from the scorpion thingy, mm-hmm. and he ends up yeah. dropping off the building and then falls into one of the cars, yes, yeah, speeders, and then and that was Obi Wan. He's like, "Well, it took you long enough." And then there's a line about like, "Well, you know, I had to find the right kind of uh, one that fits right, right color, right style. yeah, right color, right style." Blah blah blah. What took you so long? Oh, you know, master. I couldn't find a speeder that I really liked. There he is, with the open cockpit and the right speed capabilities. And it's not the greatest line in yeah. the world, but it could have come off as charming from a I charming know what you're actor, saying, though, yeah. But instead it was just super wooden without any timing and any sort of comedy or chuckles you could get from it were just rendered yeah, if, if if Harrison Ford had delivered that yes. line, we'd be we'd have it on T-shirts right now. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but you you could have gotten a smirk or smile. It could it wasn't the worst. It was a fine right. line, and it could have been funny, and yeah. not like laugh out loud. But he had no delivery of it. He had no sense of timing when he was giving that line, and and that's just, you're probably right. And the same and thing goes with the romantic stuff. Some of it was cheesy. Some of it was terrible. I'm not saying the movie would have been saved by like great acting. Yeah, but there's certain stuff that great acting can get you through that this. And let's, I mean, let's be clear. Have. There, there are some clunkers of lines in the original Star Wars that are saved by yeah. Harrison Ford. <laughs> He's the one that talks. He has that famous quote about how he told George Lucas. You sure can write this stuff, but you can't say it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's it's all down on, on the performance, I think, at that point. I I will say that I find Hayden Christensen a believable grown-up Jake Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> through line. <laughs> no disagreements. Um, I will say the that... The realism worked for whatever, me. Whatever impact the, the Anakin-Padme romance has on me is down almost entirely to... The across the stars theme from how's that from one episode go? two, which is uh, top three of my favorite Star Wars themes. By John yeah, Lee. oh yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's the it's the 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 main the main theme from this movie. Oh wait, no, no, no. He means the one that goes. No, I think it's and I've always I've often said that um and I'd actually love to watch it this way sometime. That if you could watch Attack of the Clones for the first time with nothing but music and sound effects, <laughs> um, <laughs> it would probably Shit. be a really good, like, that the music yeah. would be enough to sell the big emotional moments and, like, everything else, I it's th- all visual. Yeah. And, like, George Lucas is kind of yeah. making silent films in a lot of ways. and. You're supposed to be the one to defend this movie, and you just dragged wait, it wait, worse than can any I of us could have done. Ewan McGregor, and Ewan McGregor. just his lines. <laughs> I would be down with that. Using special effects and just Ewan McGregor. <laughs> so, so when I saw this movie in the theaters, I was like a teenager, and I went with a teenage girl. I think I just like graduated high school. Oh yeah, I was like eighteen, nineteen. And that scene where Anakin and Padme are, like, rolling around in the fucking hay when they're on the run, but then they're like, we're going to finger bang in the open field, dude, because it's yeah. beautiful. Like, at that point, I knew it was such a bad movie that I just started laughing out loud, and then she laughed out loud, and we had this really great mean girl moment. It was really honest. <laughs> and then, like, there was one nerd in the back of the row who got so mad at us. He was like, shush, shush, it stop laughing at your respect yeah. to Star Wars. Shush, and we just were like, because <laughs> when it's bad you can smell it it's like a fish in the vent yeah Those they really stink are probably the worst romance so I've the ever thing seen. to me about episode two because i saw it i mean my reaction when episode two came out was like wow well that was a lot better than episode one yep um and i still and i still think that yeah that in itself is sad in its own and mind. so it does have like a clear a and b story like it's easy to follow mm-hmm. but what I watched, it, I've seen it many times too. For how bad I think it is, I've seen it many times. But um, so the fucking Obi Wan story is insane. If you break it down, okay. So Obi Wan is trying to track. Okay, there's an assassin who tries to kill Padme, right? Yeah. Right. And he follows the assassin, and then the assassin gets shot with a dart that is only from one specific spot in the entire universe, <laughs> right? So then he's like, oh, I'll go there. And then he's like, looks in the Jedi vault or whatever. Dark. And he's and he's like, oh, this planet's not. The Jedi librarian a... Jocasta New helps him not find the planet. I feel yeah, like it's it been takes erased. him a long time to figure out that it was just erased from the map. It's like, oh, Yoda has to be like, well, maybe there was, maybe it was erased. He's like, oh, all right. And he's a real dick about it, which is my yeah. favorite part. He's <laughs> um, <laughs> like, oh, my... you've graduated, Obi-Wan. I'm really not. I'm kind of busy with these other kids right now. Yeah. So then, um, right. So, so, but does has it been erased from every map and in the universe? <laughs> like, can, if he went to a gas station and looked at a map, would he not be well, able that's... to find this place? I mean, that's essentially what he does. I mean, he goes to, to the Greasy Spoon Diner and asks the guy about it. The guy's like, yeah, it's over here. Dexter, like, Jackson. maybe... Yeah, wait, wait, maybe, wait. I got maybe a problem should... with this Greasy Spoon Diner. Why does <laughs> okay. the waitress have, like, a New York accent? <laughs> oh. yeah. because, George, because George Lucas loves the 50s. 
<laughs> I was kind of okay with it, but I think it's a good example. Like this character, I feel like equivalent characters in the original trilogy are all like, there's something, I mean, maybe we're just in an age where we're obsessed with that stuff or something. Yeah. I don't know. But it just doesn't have the same level of appeal. Well, it's like, I try to, right. like, when we say back to, like, I'll see you in hell, it's like, hey, we're translating here. But I'm like, what does, like, the New York accent translate to? And she's like, you want to come a jow? No, she asks if he wants a, she asks if he wants a cup of Jawa juice. Oh, oh there sorry. we go. Is that pee-pee? By the way, Death Sticks is a terrible name, and oh, George yeah. Lucas should just... <laughs> Maybe burn a few more brain cells on coming Sub- up with these subtle subtlety. Subtlety is not his forte. <laughs> okay, so then he goes to the planet, right? Yeah. One thing too yeah. about Star Wars is that I mean, I'll just for the sake of moving the story along, I'll leave it alone. But it seems like every time they just can just be like, oh, it's on that planet, and they just go to the planet and land, and they're always exactly where they're supposed to be every time. <laughs> right, like they, right. they really forget. Like we could. Discuss mo- planets with just monocultures uh, or mono environments of yeah, yeah. monoclimates of like can that like a desert planet really exist in any form? Yeah. Uh, so I mean that's yeah, but I think that's like kind of comes back to like the destruction of Alderaan, which is sometimes the scope of what we're really talking about never hits like George yeah. Lucas yeah, of like it's what hard. it would it's, take. It's like, hard to really wrap your head around that. Like it, a planet's gigantic, and you don't know where you yeah. land unless it's all water, like the planet he goes to, right? Yeah, right. So he goes to the planet, and then uh, Boba Fett's dad starts fucking with him, and then I don't even remember what happens. But so he pretty much okay. So what the fuck does this mean? What happens next? It's like <laughs> there's these aliens, and they've created a clone army because a Jedi named Sifo-Dyas commissioned them. Is that right? Correct. So what the fuck? And then he's like, he's dead? Or what does any of this mean? Well, some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, I'll start with this, which is, and I only learned this recently from listening to Star Wars Minute, but originally when Obi-Wan goes to Kamino and he is told that the clone army was commissioned by a Jedi, the name of the Jedi in the script was Cytodius. That might sound familiar as a variation on Darth Sidious, which is Palpatine's Sith name. And the idea was supposed to be that Darth Sidious went to Kamino posing as a Jedi named Sido Dyas and commissioned this clone army. Because obviously Palpatine needs two armies to create this war so that he can use that to rise to power. Okay, so the idea is that Palpatine commissioned this army, and then he, like, lured someone, a Jedi, to come discover it. Is that the right. idea? Right, yeah, because he needs, he basically needs the Republic to learn that there's this army waiting for them so that they can use it to fight against this Separatist threat that he is also cultivating in his identity as a Sith Okay, because I can, and I don't even need then, if it was the Emperor using a pseudonym, I don't even need it to sound hilariously similar to his <laughs> but this is the problem yeah. so George Lucas wrote in the script Cytodeus and intended uh-huh. for it to be Palpatine but yeah. on the set the the voice actor or whoever said Cyphodeus and George uh-huh. Lucas said huh I like the sound of that better we'll stick with that and they went but 
but George, is it still Darth Sidious then? No, nah, it'll just be some other Jedi named Sifo Dyas that was like working for him or something. Let's roll with it. <laughs> that's how much he cares about story. And so that's a sort of, like that's a perfect example of how George Lucas is just like, this is more aesthetically appealing to me in the moment. So let's roll with it, and we'll make right. it work later or not. I mean, because it's like, I mean, if if Darth the Emperor had just been like had a f- fake mustache on and been like, I'm Jerry, right? right. That totally they'd right. Be, and they'd been like, oh, Jerry commissioned it, and you'd be like, what? As long as they explained that it was right. The emperor pretending to be Jerry. Like I don't care what the name is. It's just like they never yeah. give you any context for any of that whole shit. It doesn't make any sense, right. right? And so because they flubbed this line and George Lucas ran with it, then it's unclear what really happened. And well, and also, whole- isn't you and McGregor like, oh, Sifo-Dyas is dead? Like he knows who that is, right? And he's because dead? because once they flubbed that line, they rewrote the scene to make it a Jedi that died. And so now there's this, they've created this whole backstory and there's a couple <laughs> Clone Wars cartoons about sifo and how he was one of the disenfranchised, he like had a force vision that there was this great threat coming to the Republic and he wanted to create an army, but the Jedi were like, you're full of it, we don't create armies. And so he took it upon himself and he may have been influenced by Palpatine because then after he commissioned the army, he got captured by Dooku and imprisoned. And so then, all... is Palpatine trying to kill Padme? Yeah, no. yeah, kind of. Who's who's trying so, to kill her? Because like an assassin tries to kill her, yeah. and gets assassinated the, by the Asian. Boba Fett. The, the Asian stereotypes want her dead because she dicked off their operation. But then the, Phantom oh. Menace. But then, how does the so the poison leads him to the clone army? But why does it right? Why, why doesn't Obi-Wan question why was this poison, like, he seems to just lose the thread at that point and be like, oh, we he got does. an army, this is cool, and he'd be like, yeah, you don't look a gift would, army like... in the mouth, David. <laughs> but, but you still don't explain what, who got the poison from that planet and decided to kill the assassin. Well, and why did Jango Fett kill the assassin yeah. who tried to kill, because... He knew where they, I guess he was being hired to do that, well, okay. but then it would mean he was also hired by the Asian stereotypes. Yeah, he was. Two things. Um, <laughs> J- Jango Fett farmed, like, no one in this movie assassinates anything themselves. So, the Asian stereotypes hire Jango Fett to kill Padme. So, uh-huh. he fight, So he hires Zam Wessel, the shape-shifting female assassin. Okay. Who then... Uses centipedes. Who gets a pair of poisonous slugs from Jango Fett and sends a robot to deliver them into Padme's room? And so you're like, who's gonna do the fucking killing? Like, someone just shoot her already. Well, I commend yeah. them, actually. It's a really clever, because it's so hard to trace back that we've all seen this movie a million times. I still am not sure if I get right. it. Right. And so, to David's point about Obi Wan losing the thread, he kind of does, he kind of does it, because then after Camino. He follows Django to Geonosis because he knows that Jane, like, to find out who's behind the plot to kill Padme, he needs to follow Django. So he follows right. Django, and then that leads him to uncovering but the so then plot. Django just happens to be, like, the pals and the subject of this alien race who's creating a clone army for an obscure Jedi. Like, <laughs> well, what he is, the? He, he mentions that he was hired by Count Dooku. Uh-huh. To serve as the as the template for the clones, Django does. Django does, yes. Okay. And Count okay. and Count Dooku is the leader of the separatists, which include the Asian racist aliens. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is basically he hires Django to be this clone army, and more or less puts him on retainer. 
And so then when the agent wants Padme dead, he turns to Jango and is like, can you do this for us too? And Sidious is okay with all, Palpatine is okay with all of this because again, at some point, he needs these two sides to discover each other and come together in order to trigger this war. At what point does Django shoot up the plantation? Uh, different, different Django, David. <laughs> oh, all right. That's that's Dudge. That's that's Dudge Django. <laughs> it's another one of those crappy backstories too, because it's like, oh, where'd Boba Fett come from? Oh, he's actually an original clone yeah. of Django Fett. And then you're like, well, why do I care about fucking Django Fett? He doesn't do anything right. cool either. He just gets his head cut off. Yeah, where does his interesting. head go anyways, Austin? Uh, if you watch it closely, you see the the shadow of the head flying out of the helmet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So, um, and then... And then, Obi-Wan gets captured by Count Dooku, right? Uh-huh. And then Count Dooku tells him everything that's happening behind the scenes. Yep. And it's not clear if Count Dooku is evil or not at that moment. Right. And he's like, oh, there's all this shit happening. There's all this corruption. He tells him, like, what for real is going on. Mm-hmm. And, and then, I don't know why that happens. I think it's also kind of shitty that Count Dooku is kind of sprung on us out of nowhere. Yeah. Right. In this movie. Like, it would have been much also, better. Also, he's a count? Some... Why yeah. is there a count in a star? What is a count? Anyway, there's Count Dracula and the count and then Count Dooku. Like, what does that mean? Is it like you own a mansion? I don't know what it is. Count of Monte Cristo, too. Oh, that's true. It's a royal title. Yeah. It is? Yeah. Like there's counts in in real life that are. What is you know, it though? Is it like the it's like a duke nephew? It's like a uh, yeah, Count Dooku. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I feel like there could have been a through line of uh, Darth Maul being could have been Count Dooku as well. Sure, you know? they could have connected all of their bads. They they well, there's like, like a weird disposable villain in each yeah. of the. I'm saying, why and kill some off of them one villain overlap. just to create another one in the next movie that yeah. we have no relation to? If George Lucas was planning more ahead, what they really should have done is had Count Dooku be in Phantom Menace, yeah. right, like, right? Right? On the you know, like just like on the council or something like that, oh, and then you find yeah. out, oh, but between last movie and this movie, he's left the Jedi Order and he's off on his own doing the separate. Or, just or he's just shitty. Know, like his shitty. character doesn't fit what Count Dooku does, but he could change his character a little yeah, or something. Yeah. But like. You could have combined but, those two characters and just made a better. You know why they had to off yeah. Count Dooku? Not enough arms. Yeah. <laughs> he could only hold two lightsabers. So, um, Ryan, to answer it. your earlier Maybe question, yeah, why does he tell him all that stuff? A count is a European nobleman <laughs> whose rank corresponds to that of an English earl. Well, what does an earl do? He should have been Earl Dooku. What does a Duke of Earl though? Yeah. Yeah. I give up on that. But why does he tell Obi-Wan the whole plot? And then why doesn't Obi-Wan ever even do anything with that information? Or like Because the Jedi are shitty. That's the whole <laughs> like through line here is that this is like as David said, someone handed you an army and you're not like, let's find out where that came about. You're just like, Well, we gotta fight this war now, let's use this army. And Yeah, that's Count, so weird too. Count Dooku <laughs> just lays it all out there for him and they're like 
Nah, we can't trust him. He left the Jedi Order. He's a bad guy, so this couldn't possibly be the truth. But why does he tell him? I think that the idea that you're supposed to get, and this isn't necessarily sold that well here, is that Dooku would genuinely like Obi-Wan to join him. That he wants Obi-Wan on their side for this. That Dooku, he's a Sith Lord, but he believes in what he's selling. This notion that the galaxy is is in trouble, that the Jedi are problematic, and that these systems need to break off and do their own thing. And Qui-Gon was his, his student, which is established in the movie. And Obi-Wan was Qui-Gon's student and spoke highly of him. And so he's like, I want you on my side for this. Like, I believe I'm doing the right thing, and I think you'd be good for our cause. And so he's trying to recruit him, basically. Hmm. And it doesn't work, because they're like, ah, he's bad. We can't believe him, even though he's he's telling him the truth. Does Dooku know that Darth Sidious and, uh, what's his senator name? Palpatine. Palpatine are the same guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And he knows he's evil, but is it, doesn't he say, like, he's evil and all I don't know, like... Well, this is, I mean, he knows he's evil, but they don't think that they're evil. They think, I mean, that's, like, they're trying to save the galaxy. They're trying to impose order and make the galaxy a better place for everybody. It's just other people who see that as being evil. Yeah, I'd be interested, too, if they did, like, a, um... Like, they should do a Star Wars story about, like, if you're poor in a town on a planet in Star Wars, like, who gives you a better tax break? Of like the Republic or the Empire, <laughs> <laughs> like what are our general living conditions? Yeah, everyone's just trying to run their diners and live in yeah. peace and vote for the less. But like, what if the Empire always makes sure everyone has health care? Like they're right, all about universal health care, and like they'll kill and do all this horrible shit to get in control. But when they're in control, like it's better for the people. That's actually it's one of the interesting things that some of the the new books post. Jedi pre Force Awakens have delved into is yeah. and I think some of this is is ties in with kind of the rise of the First Order and where they came from is that there's people who are like the rebels are a bunch of unruly like hippie shenanigans like we like the the Empire was order and stability my family mm-hmm. was protected I had a you know a steady job and then these free thinking radicals come rolling into town blowing shit up in the name of freedom my my life was fine yeah it was May have been an oppressive regime elsewhere, but I had food on my table and a solid job. So what do I care? Fascism works for me. And so then my Basic, last one. I mean, basically. I'll, and then I'll shut up about episode two. I don't know who else wants to throw in. But is that um, Anakin massacres an entire village. That's hot, that's hot yeah. stuff, Ryan. Gets my and motor he, like, running. He tells Padme and like her reaction to it is so like, because I get that you're trying to get him allude to the possibility of this path. Right. But I feel like once you've murdered an entire village, <laughs> like you're already irredeemable. Like that's it. Yeah. He blew up a planet and got redeemed. <laughs> she's just, yeah, she forgives him and she's like, Oh, everybody gets angry. Annie. Mm-hmm. And Carrying also the emotional baggage time... of the man. Right? Yep. Once like, right. once again, she's comforting him after, uh, after he slaughters in, in the same garage that Luke first sees Leia. <laughs> Pretty much. And also that whole thing about why don't they fuck for the long time? Like, they're trying to have a will-they-won't-they, but it's just like, I'm a Jedi. I'm a senator. Since when can't they fuck? Well, Jedis aren't you know? supposed to fuck, I think, is the thing. Since when? Since the prequels. Since the prequels, yeah. 
It's stupid. Uh, anything that doesn't let people fuck makes them weird and bad, <laughs> well, and well, they well, probably are raping of, all I the younglings. These movies are a defense of not fucking. It's Again, <laughs> it ties in with the whole notion that the Jedi are kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. I don't think George Lucas is trying to tell the world we should enact monastic celibate orders. I think he's saying that way of thinking is effed up. If you can't fuck as a Jedi, then I'm out. Well, right? you can now. Luke Luke changed that though. Yeah, Luke's like, I, I want some poontang. Yeah, yeah. He, the only the only my sister. Yeah, the only person the only girl I've kissed is my sister. I gotta yeah, get yeah, out there. Then, <laughs> then he had his uh student die so a spirit could inhabit it and then he could fuck that student's body, I guess. He didn't he didn't let her die. It was a <laughs> fortuitous uh, <laughs> circumstances. Ryan, to answer your question. A yeah. earl is a member of the British peerage, <laughs> ranking below a marquess and above a viscount. Viscount. All right. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Um, I'm just curious if we're ever going to get to a point where the definition isn't just, it's like something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> An earl is like a vicar. Yeah. yeah. What's a vicar? Oh, it's like a <laughs> bishop. Archbishop, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, you got... Padme, Anakin, and Obi-Wan all captured. And they could have uh-huh. just killed them. But now they have to have, like, a dramatic arena with, like, three monsters coming after Well, that's real, the, one of the only things that feels like Star Wars to me <laughs> in these movies. You know what I mean? Like, that, I, I, that's the part where I'm willing to drink the Kool-Aid. You know, I wish, again, I think that the design of the monsters could have been a little more... I don't know. It well, doesn't kinda, have the I same like flair. The cat's kind of dumb, but I like the the reek and the act. It's about as good as it gets for the prequels. I think is this moment, but it just it doesn't have the same. Ch- oh, Padme's pretty badass in it too, which helps. Yeah, that's cool. No, this whole sequence, like the last. What do you guys think of Yoda fighting? I liked it, but stupid. Yep, love it. I know. I know people hate it, so I'm. I feel a little confused about it, but I also feel so indulged that I'm like willing to let go of what's dumb about it. You know. I, like, played the Star Wars video game Masters of Terra Kasai, so I already had the itch scratched. Didn't add much to see it. You can never have the itch scratched too much. Yeah, right? You can. You can. You have to give it a refractory (laughs) period in between. (laughs) Yeah, I never found any of the action compelling in these nodes. Yeah, from the moment moment they're done with, with Anakin and Padme's stupid declaration of love, that, until the end, is just fantastic. I love the... The arena battle, the, the the breakout of the clone. I love there's a couple of shots where like the clones are fighting the droids and like the dust whips up and it's shot like a like an old war movie. Yeah, they do some types of shots. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you also love the head swap with C three PO? Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> it's yeah. never perfect, is it? No, it's it's not, yeah. Uh, all right. Ugh. Yeah. Anybody, anybody else on, on episode two? What a drag. It's bad. <laughs> I'm not as down on it. The end of the end of uh of Attack of the Clones, just the the musical thing with the clones getting in the ships and taking off as it builds the Imperial March and then cuts to their wedding with the swelling of across the stars and all that. I love that. Like that's probably might be like my favorite uh, ending to a Star Wars movie in terms of the like non-dialogue endings that they always put at the end. I find it unrealistic as she, like, 
marries him, but he's got that fucked up hand, and I think he'd be distracted <laughs> by that fucked up hand. You know? I think that <laughs> fucked up hand does some things in the bedroom that makes up for it. Might as well upgrade. <laughs> yeah. All right. It has like six speeds. Um, and it, it does its irregular intervals, too. It goes like... Dzz. <laughs> Shakes yeah, you, know, you got to really keep him guessing. Finally, we see what she sees in him, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, I know, right? Um, does anyone else have any episode two gripes okay. before we move on? Well, I mean, yeah, but we can. <laughs> keep going. Okay, I basically just think the story is incredibly. Co- it's like kind of. I feel like this has become a trend in these kinds of movies. Is like the story is like overly simple and also incredibly convoluted at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Like, yes, it's. Really hard to remember what happened. Yeah. It's one of those that works beat from beat to beat, but then when you like, so like A to B, B to C, it all seems to work, but then when you start looking at A to F, you're like, that just doesn't even work out at the end. Like, how do we get from there? Yeah. So I remember watching it and really trying to follow the story and being like, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. So, episode three. <laughs> this is my favorite of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, who wants to get in on this? Uh, Padme really takes a dive here in her characterization. Ugh, she's she's she, she was pretty badass at the end of Attack of the Clones, and now she's just, like, holding Anakin's luggage here, emotional baggage, and yeah. dying of a broken heart. Yeah, we're dying of a broken heart. Let's, let's... That's the worst. She's also holding his nut baggage yeah, yeah, yeah. to become a human vest. Vessel, unlike his mom who got pregnant by a toilet seat, Anakin <laughs> does fuck. It's and... interesting to see what childbirth looks like in the Star Wars world. Yeah. Seems pretty, seems pretty not clean. great because they didn't make it, so. <laughs> oh. Well, that's the broken heart, though, you just... Oh, my God. That's maybe the most insulting thing to ever happen to a woman in cinema. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, all, I mean, this is probably even worse, but. They're just covering up that he choked her to death. You know? <laughs> right. Jesus. Oh, totally. That would be better, but they shouldn't cover it up for the lens. Yeah, Especially exactly. not by saying that she died of a broken heart. You know, like, what if they said that every time a woman was choked to death? Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't. That's horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> every time her spouse kills her, you know, yeah. <laughs> because that's the most common way women die from murder is their spouses. Ugh. So, yeah. That's what this movie's heart, all about, I guess. On the woman, it's her fault. Yeah. Yeah. No one it's comes terrible. out of this movie worse than. Padme it's it's not and it's I mean it's not Natalie it's not necessarily Natalie Portman's fault she's just the character's not given much to do and what little she is given to do is all in the service to Anakin it's, it's not make a baby and die uh, yeah yep. yeah it's not great uh, plus she's always nagging him yeah <laughs> she's Wait like minute, quit right? being a genocidal uh, monster <laughs> <laughs> nag 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 quit killing younglings <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the other thing is the uh, the turn in Anakin is just a little too jarring of, like, I know he's, like, afraid for Padme's life, and so then he, like, saves Palpatine, but then to go from that to, like, all right, time to start slaughtering some children. Yeah. Seems a no, bit right? that's, again, where if... if... If two was one and three was split into two and three, there would have been more room to make that a little bit more gradual. Yeah. I mean, they had three movies to do it. They knew right. where they were yeah. going. 
Like, and this is, you can't say they didn't know where they were going. They right. Exactly right. where they were going with this. And, yeah. uh, no, that's my big note for this one. It's just, it's all about this character moment. And it could have been so good is the thing that's really drives me nuts about it. But it, it's a real failure. Yeah. It's a major fuck up in cinema history for sure. I mean, I remember the first time I watched it being genuinely surprised when Palpatine kind of lays it all on the table for Anakin and mm-hmm. him going to the Jedi Council and ratting uh, Palpatine out. Like, that's yeah. not what I expected to happen in this movie. Yeah. And yeah. that was like, whoa, where are they going from here? But then, so it's like he's doing the good thing there and then he just immediately becomes like an uber villain. And you're like, well, that that's jarring and doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense here. It's just like unconvincing and it seems yeah. like his whole performance is wooden, but he just seems like weirdly out of it while it ha- it's like, you're not really clear on what this character is going to be going through. The big thing, they really just, they needed to put something in between. You are now Lord Vader and now I'm killing kids. Yeah. And maybe it was just like, like I can buy the whole, like, I just helped you kill Mace Windu. Yeah, I, I guess I'm your apprentice now. Like, where the fuck else am I going to go? Yeah. Yeah, they could have done more with, like, Palpatine leveraging the fact that, like, in a moment of weakness, Anakin kills Mace Windu, and now he feel he's too afraid of getting outed right. that it leads to him doing, like, these terrible things that, like, right. it's just he that- keeps, like, digging down instead of digging up, so to yeah. speak, you know? Right. It's the pro- the problem it. is just we go immediately from... Yeah. Newly appointed Sith Lord to committing the most heinous act he'll commit until Alderaan blows up. Yeah. And it's like, you, you, need, you needed to put something in between there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't flow well. But yeah. that the scene when, uh, when, when Mace and the Masters go off to arrest Palpatine and Padme is sitting in her apartment, like, worried what's going to happen, and Anakin's at the council and the sun is setting, and it's completely silent except for, like, this wail on the soundtrack, and it's like, that's probably my favorite scene from any of the prequels. It's mm. sort of like a, it's like the soup. It's it's the moment upon which this whole six movie story hinges, and it's like quiet and subdued, and yeah. which is rare for the prequels. Well, and like there's other cool, like when Palpatine is telling that whole backstory, and they're at this weird like space performance, Opera, like yeah. that. I really like. I think that's a cool scene. Yep, that's pretty cool. Another thing about episode three I've always noticed is that, um, like how we talked about how it's not like science-y, mm-hmm. it's the only time they really treat space like space. Like when, what's the guy with all the arms, his name? City. No. Gre- Grievous. 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 Yeah. General. General Grievous, which is a rank above Colonel, but below mm. One Star General. <laughs> how far is it from Earl? Yeah. Duke. <laughs> What's he a general of the, the droids? Yeah, well, the droids, the droid, droid army. So when he breaks the window and like goes out into the space and it like yeah. sucks, like you, know, I just I always see. I remember seeing him like, oh, like I didn't really think about that. Even though you see like ships land and go into space, like no one ever gets like sucked into space or like can't breathe, and no one ever gets suffocated right. in Star Wars or anything. So yeah, as far as nitpicks go. <laughs> When Obi-Wan goes on to, like, he needs to go fight Grievous, you know, and so he has to get, like, that monster to, like, he rides it and jumps it. That, 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 that goddamn monster. Why that action figure he needs to use the most annoying, screeching, like, nails on a chalkboard noise 
I don't. Like, <laughs> it's because they didn't let him have Jar Jar anymore. Yeah. I get why he has Obi-Wan riding something. Yeah. I don't, I don't get why it has to make that sound. <laughs> what does it sound like? Aren't you glad you have really No, am. that's that's probably I think that's probably my least favorite thing in in, in Revenge of the Sith, for sure. Possibly in all of the prequels. I fucking hate Oh my it. god. You hate it that much? Yeah, it drives me nuts. <laughs> the noise it makes was it just, so yeah. unpleasant. Well, just, it, takes, it takes away from an otherwise really cool Obi-Wan scene. Like, uh-huh. like I like him fighting Grievous. I like him going after, chasing after Grievous as the clones come in and all that. I said, why are you riding this goddamn loud, annoying lizard horse? <laughs> Like when you have a friend with like a spouse you don't like. Yeah, why are you riding this lizard horse? (laughs) (laughs) I've pulled you aside. He's always like, (laughs) 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 this screechy, annoying (laughs) lizard horse. Oh, shit. My favorite part of episode three, though, is when Yoda is leaving and he tells Chewbacca that he'll miss him. (laughs) (laughs) That's so amazing. Say his name. Yes, he he's like, I will miss you, Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca. Then he looks at the screen and winks. He never sees him again. I mean, how sad is that? Uh, I know, and it's like, why should they know each other? That's another one that's kind of annoying. Right. Yeah. It's not yeah, as bad. Always, it's but... not bad. It's just, it's so obvious, I guess. I don't know what to Well, say. and when all... Luke Skywalker's like, Yoda, Dagobah system. Like, why isn't Chewbacca like, oh, I know that motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell him I said what's up. We did. We didn't understand him. Like, it's Han true. just speaks for him, but we can't trust well, what Han's saying. Chewbacca doesn't know where Yoda's going. So, like, Dagobah system, that doesn't mean anything to Chewbacca as far as that's where Yoda is. They should have kept in touch. And for that matter, I don't even think anyone on the Falcon ever hears that Luke's going to Dagobah. But no one, none of those guys who are his closest friends, like Han Solo, isn't. He's not like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna go see Yoda, the Jedi Master." I had no, because he go. They go right from the Battle of Hoth to Han goes off in the asteroid field, and Luke goes to Dagobah. But when he gets Luke out of the snow, Luke's like, "Yoda, a Dagobah system." <laughs> so you know, I don't know. <laughs> Han Han was too busy looking for that deck officer. I don't know. Was anybody else like kind of? into it when Hayden Christensen, Thomas Hayden Church was going to kill all the younglings? No. What? No. no. What are you talking about? You just didn't like that it all those kids like... had like a ponytail, right? Yeah. No, they all had those shitty ponytails. A. B. They all had rat tails. C. Uh, just imagine each one of them is Jake Lloyd Anakin's, right? And then it's like, yeah, he's making sure the next movie can't possibly be as bad as Phantom Menace. <laughs> I did not Making have sure that they experience. Can't do youngling Carolyn. babies. I'll, I'll... Yeah. And so, like, how much time is supposed to pass between three and four? Uh, rough. I mean, Luke's like supposed to be about eighteen. Luke and Leia are about eighteen. So about eighteen years in New Hope. So yeah, eighteen years ish. About yeah, rough, roughly twenty years. It feels like some events would be less time than that, and some are a lot more. Yeah. I know, like two years have passed since we started to record this episode. I know, totally. <laughs> Well, I was going to say one thing, one more nitpick was, like, uh, the Yoda Emperor battle at the end just kind of Oh, ends. yeah. 
and he's yeah. like, I'll just leave now, and I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, like, like, that's really frustrating. Failed, Yoda's just failed like, I have. And like, oh, yeah, you could try again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, and it's also like Yoda's all kind of like beat up in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Or in Empire Strikes Back, when he shows up, he's got a cane and shit. So they could have made him, like, uh... Lose the battle in some way. Break his yeah. knees. Yeah, well, it just, like, he could have been a little more spry. <laughs> right. In one and two, and then really gotten fucked up in this one. Like, they, I think that's another thing they really need to sell you on. It's like, Yoda was defeated. Like, he's going into hiding forever now. Yeah, right. He doesn't even, like, go and, like, do some push-ups and come back <laughs> you know, in a month, you know? <laughs> He's just like, nope, that's it forever. Yeah, and there's, it, it, it was like a battle without a conclusion. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of sick of this. This is kind of yeah. And I, and I think the idea is supposed to be that he recognizes that the dark sides won the day, and that he need they need to take a different approach. But I think the movie needs to sell that idea a lot better. Yeah, because well, because he kind of kicks ass for a lot of it right, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. And maybe Ryan's right, just have him get fucked up. Like, that's the yeah. movie, is people are losing, yeah. so, you know? Yeah. Right. Obviously, he can't die, but... Yeah, but you could, you could juxtapose Yoda, his, like, legs getting crushed yeah. or something, with Anakin having his legs cut off and mm, on, the yeah. other, you know, on the other planet. Because they're cross-cutting between Yeah, the and Obi-Wan could have confirmed the kill there and just taken uh, Anakin out, but didn't. That's all he said. Yeah. Yeah, that's the weird... He was overcome with conflicting emotions. Yeah, and before we move on, I know we need to move on, but we got to go with the no, too, you know. No! No! Oh, yeah, I was thinking about that, yeah. yeah. That's the climax. That's I was like, is the younglings part the dumbest thing I've ever seen? Is the sand part the dumbest thing I've ever seen? No, it's the no! Right? Straight out of a bad comic uh, book. I can't believe I laughed out loud in the theater at that it's part hard too. For anybody making not nerds to laugh mad. Out loud at that. Yeah, it's hard when there's like a dramatic moment that is makes you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He should have been like fuck, and that's the only time they ever say fuck in Star Wars. Like that would have been so effective. That would have been you know? much better. That's so good. All right, so episode seven, go. So. I like it. I think it's good. That's how you got, Ryan. Well, because, <laughs> Carol, you hate it, right? Yeah. That's, cause, that's because Carol's predisposed to hate all Star Wars at this point. Yeah. I, You know, it got bad. It never got good. Um, That ending fight, you know, that's supposed to be the saving grace where I'm like, oh, great, it's action. But it's just stupid action. Um. We, like, see Anakin lose limb by limb by limb, like, the fucking knight in a Monty Python movie, and it's like, what if the floor is lava for 45 minutes? Wait, we're talking about episode 7 now. Yeah, you cut out right, oh. so we didn't hear you. Oh, I heard, I, I heard him. Well, fuck you, Austin. I'm with you now. Okay, 7 is the, the first one with the lady. It's the newest one, yeah. Or not the newest, but the newest, the like, newest, episode. Yeah, yeah, why, um, yeah, why do you hate women, why Carol? Why would for me? <laughs> I love women. They're the best. Um, but it just, it didn't... What was wrong? It just, you know, the first one was better than the second one, and together they just kind of dragged themselves down. Well, because we, we're not going to do Rogue One yet, but it's like episodes, because this one's seven. Yeah. So those are pretty separate. My... Yeah. I could say my biggest problem with episode seven was it was way too formulaic. Yeah. 
with the f- episode four. Yeah, I mean that's the yeah, really clear way yeah. too beat for beat. And overall, I wasn't I was going along with it until they decided to have the Death Star, but more. Yeah, and that then, was lame. Too. And it came yeah. out of nowhere to begin with. So not only was it super formulaic and just trying to be episode four, but bigger. It it introduced this plot device that had no uh, foreshadowing to it at all or anything hmm. to make me prepare for suddenly another, well, like, solar system destroying thing now or something? I don't Kinda, know. Kind of, yeah. Long, it's like a long-distance Death Star, I guess, yeah. is how it's... <laughs> how it's yeah, uh, that was lame. Nobody can ever defend that. But it's also like, oh, well, like, because it's <laughs> such a means to an end, you know? like. Um, and I guess you just... Destroying planets is such a huge thing, and you now you can destroy like five planets. I know, and, you, and and like it's kind of where we come back to like Leia, like she never really grieves for Alderaan, and the fact is like nobody seemed to learn that lesson over the next like thirty some years we've been doing this mm-hmm. that you can't just wanton destroy planets and just breeze through it, but that's what they're doing, right? Right. Right, I'm copying David's answers, <laughs> and uh, when you when you raise the stakes that much to the incomprehensible scale that we were talking about earlier, like I feel a planet's death off screen if it's one out of five less than I do when you're driving by and you blow up a cart of yeah, apples. Yeah. And fruit. I'm like, oh no, I saw that cabbage. Oh, and then it's just like, oh well, fuck, it's too big. Yeah, uh, it's probably one of my favorite of Star Wars in a long time since. The early real ones in the seventies, eighties. Yeah, I think it's definitely the no, best it's one. Since it's definitely better yeah. than all of the prequels. That's to me is that they created a low bar. Yeah. So I just wanted like a, a fun to watch Star Wars movie. And I think it does that. It's not perfect, but I also think um like the story's really weak. But they decided to bank on characters, which is what the prequels totally didn't have at all. Yeah. So right. I really like the new characters, like all of them, pretty much. Yeah, I love. So, I love Ray. I think Ray is. Yeah, Ray really and uh, Flynn. I really like yeah, too. Finn. And Poe, everyone likes Poe. Po, I don't get like I don't. I he almost. He's handsome and he wears a jacket. Right? <laughs> I like that actor, but yeah. I really hope they do something with him in the next one. What I yeah, yeah he didn't quite but, earn it. Oh, my complaint with not doing was the lady general, and they were like, "Oh, feminism! Oh, yeah. We don't have to give titty bones on <laughs> breast." Phasma, is then, that her name or something? Yeah. Yeah, Phasma. It's like a nod to the Phasma, the um, Phantasm yeah. movie. Uh-huh. So they never gave her shit to do. Well, That's when you needed another She's going to be in the sequels, I think, too. Yeah, so. well, I'm going to be old and dead. By <laughs> no, you're not. It's you're coming out be, like a month. You're going to be... Goodbye. <laughs> you're going to be old and dead two weeks from when this episode posts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, goodbye. <laughs> Remember my ghost. It's going to show up at the party like... It's a jack-off motion. My two issues with Poe is, A, he kind of just comes back to life without a whole lot of explanation, except like, eh, I survived. <laughs> well, do, you, do you know why that is, David? Because you're supposed to be dead. Right. They, we're back. just like, yeah, we like him. We'll but bring that, him back. That's not a defense. That's just. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's maybe the opposite yeah, of a defense. And then, like, so he shows up at that battle on whatever planet, that forest planet kind of thing. And, like, he's all kicking some ass in his ship, and that's all fine. But then Finn has to be like, now that's a pilot or something. What, he says something like that? Oh, yeah. Now this is positive. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just like, 
you were showing me just fine. You don't have to tell as well. And then they just needed to make sure I knew that he was really good at flying, which was already yeah. kind of spoken of. And then they were just showing me and I didn't need to like get that reaffirmed for myself. But they felt I feel like me. for like the first year or something after the new one came out, I was sort of doing the opposite of what we were doing. I was like, I don't want to nitpick it. It was fun and I liked yeah. it. <laughs> 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 and then you finally got to now and you're old and dead and you're like better. Well, I rewatched it recently and it's just a little bit boring, I would say. I think it's sparse. Yeah. And I really like the character stuff, but I don't care about like the world is not as interesting. I I feel I feel that the world is a little bit emptier. And this is again where yeah. I, I liked the prequels and how stuffed they were, and these episode seven is decidedly not that. Um like with the prequels, like I remember reading, you know, they have like the visual companions that come out for each one, and it's like crammed full of like biographies and all of like the background people and like here's every member of the Jedi Council. Here's all the senators. Here's all this kind of stuff. And then the episode seven one, it's just, there's not as much there because they don't yeah. go as many places. They don't have as many like new alien races or random people in the background. And there's well, some of it, but it's just not all there. Yeah. And it seems like these new ones, a lot of what they're doing is like, oh, we can do the walkers again, but we have better technology, but it's like, do a new thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's cool to see the walkers from the ground, but it's like also make a new thing. The whole monster sequence in the middle with like Han Solo's ship was terrible. Uh, oh, I that, liked yeah. that. Oh, see, that was my least favorite thing about episode seven was the rolling tentacle vagina monster attack in <laughs> yes. the middle. <laughs> like, it's just pointless, and it's one of those things that movies do where you ratchet up some tension where you know nothing's going to come of it. Like, yeah. Th this isn't a scenario where anyone's going to die because it'd be too stupid for anyone to die during this. It was definitely like comic relief yeah. that you're getting that Han Solo fan service. Yeah. Because, spoiler, Harrison Ford finally yeah. gets his wish and dies. Well, and I think that it gives you a good sense of where Han Solo is at right there, too. Like, the part where then the other guys come in and you're like, oh, he's really fucked now, you know? And he's like, oh, good to see you. <laughs> and you're just like, that's how this guy rolls. And I think actually one of the coolest things they did, which is like weirdly unexpected, is that when you check in with Han Solo and Leia again, it's like, ah, it just didn't really work out for them. Like, that's a more sophisticated concept, you know? Yeah, that's pretty real. Maybe. It, it makes sense, given everything you've seen about them for everything, you know? Yeah, but I still feel like it's more... They just wanted these characters to be stagnant and not be frozen in time and not actually have them evolve. So it's like you don't want them to suddenly have this whole history together. So they're like, ah, it just didn't work out because we don't want to deal with them actually being together because that'd be too hard to write. No, I think that this was cool choices. I think it was, well, and because also there's some shit that happens between six and seven that we haven't seen yet. Like there's a piece of the story missing that we're going to get, which is also what I really like about these new ones. Like the new, the next one's coming out soon. And like, I really want to know where it's going. Yeah. We'll like we might get another uh, Luke, I am your father moment. There's going to be relationship reveals that change the context of the stories, you know? Yeah. Somebody's going to be somebody's dad. Yep. Ray's going to be someone's dad. Oh. I'm also just a little conflicted on, was it Jakku? Is that the planet they're on? 
Yeah, that was a little lame. And how it's like Tatooine, but not. And I don't know what's better, having just another desert planet or having everything be on Tatooine. Yeah. I don't know. You could have just not have another desert planet, I suppose. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So wait, Carol, though, I want to be clear on this. Um, yeah. So do you dislike episode seven? I did, yeah. I can't really remember why. Well, it's not like I presented the premise of this podcast to you (laughs) (laughs) it's so hard to remember all this star wars yeah it sounds like it just didn't really click with you it was okay but it felt kind of hollow yeah it felt like scene to scene again and you know it's nice to see a fresh face it's nice that you get the female protagonist but it was a paint by numbers and it's just i'm very aware that star wars is never going to move my meter the way it did mm. when it wasn't trying and yeah part of that's on me and part of that's on the work yeah. and just when something is this corporate and has this much money and hype into it it's just it become it has become something so removed from the artistry and the humble beginnings of my favorite parts of star wars so it's just kind of like a commercialized slick at least this time they had some characterization but it wasn't like i was the fight scenes were good and it wasn't as bad as anything, but, you know, I'm pretty lukewarm on it. Uh, yeah, I liked the, I really liked the first third of episode seven, like up until Finn and Ray leaving the planet. Because that's still a little formulaic relative to like New Hope. But everything after that, I feel is like where a lot of the structural stuff comes in and the new super Death Star and the alien tentacle vaginas but for the most part i i mean i and like you said ryan it's it's really about the character where i think ray carries a lot of it for me i fuck i mean i really like the kylo ren ray battle at the end uh-huh and i think a stormtrooper just being like whoa this is fucked up and like rebelling is like such a cool idea i've seen obi-wan's penis and i've seen kylo ren's penis <laughs> when do you see kylo ren's penis in girls, yeah. you never see his penis. Maybe I imagine because I watched well, it all. Definitely fucking. Oh yeah, no, and you get to see him. Yeah, you see him do a lot of lewd sex acts, but I don't think you ever butt. see his. Act. Yeah, yeah, you do. But but all but all of that said, Ryan, if given a choice, yeah. I would still probably watch episode three ahead of episode seven. Wow, really? Yeah. That's surprising. I guess it is a little more. I don't know. That's tough. Well, see, that's for me, because for me, epi- like there was so much ancillary stuff going on around episode two and three, like w- w- just with the comics, and they had like that's where the Clone Wars were happening for me. Like the comics were chronicling uh-huh. all of the like battles that happened in between and all the ancillary novels and stuff. So it's like when those Jedi are fucking dying in revenge of the Sith to people that have just seen the movies, yeah. they're like, Oh, there's that funny looking alien that sat in the chair most of the time. And now he's dying. But I'm like, Oh my God, Aaliyah secure is getting killed by the clone that she had this like tight bond with because they were the stars of this one comic book. And it's so devastating. Uh, it's like episode yeah. three is like kind of so, the end of this whole era for me. And that's where it just, it has yeah. a lot more resonance. Kind of has your brain firing everywhere when you're watching it, thinking about more than just the movie. Right, exactly, exactly. Want to talk about Rouge One? Yeah, I think we'll fucking wrap this up, yeah. and let's talk about Rogue One before we go. So this is the first, like, side story, first of many, which is not counting, like, the droids or the Ewoks or whatever. Yeah, but or it's the like holiday an special, special Star Wars movie with a budget yeah. and all that. Uh-huh. But it's it's not an episode. Yeah. Um, 
And it's basically like an in-between. It's between three and four. It's like right before four. Yeah, I, liter- I like, literally. They're called a Star Wars story. That's just yeah. a personal yeah. thing where it's like Rogue One, a Star. Was it Star Wars? Like they couldn't say Star Wars Rogue One. That'd be like Rogue One, a Star Wars story or something. And oh yeah, I, I mean everyone just calls it Rogue One. That's like, do you ever call know. it a New Hope? I've never called I know. it that. I know. I I <laughs> routine- that's just called Star Wars. I routinely call it a New Hope to differentiate it from when I'm talking about Star no! Wars. The. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I only franchise. talked that way around Pendentic. I remember in high school, I was really confused at A New Hope, and I was like trying to, I was like, ask, I was asking Austin, I'm like, well, what's Star Wars A New Hope? You're like, aha, very funny. I'm like, no, no, I don't get it. And you're like, <laughs> and we, we had like a, it was like a who's on first thing until you're like, yeah, it's like totally the first was. movie. I'm like, oh, it is? And you're like, yeah, and then. I figured it out, of course. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that kind of changed. I mean, nobody called it A New Hope until the prequels right. yeah, had right. started yeah. coming out, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is why you don't have to call it that. Yeah, I reject all these hokey little subtitles. They just muddy this. Like Empire so Strikes what Back. Are your, yep. What are your Rogue One gripes? I only have a couple, but they're specific. Uh, for the most part, I felt like it was <laughs> You're supposed kind to of... defend Austin, not... Oh, yeah, yeah you like Rogue One. <laughs> you love it. You're going to kiss right. it. Go ahead. No, you can go... What are your gripes, Austin? No, my biggest gripe with it is it feels very disjointed. I feel like... Yeah. The fir- like, the first act is fun, the second act is fine, the third act is fun, but they don't... Like, the connective tissue isn't really there. It's just like, all right, we're done with this, now we go to this, and now we're done with that, we go to this, and that's that. I think what really bugs me about it is that it's almost great. Like, it seems yeah. like if a few things had gone down differently, like, inside of this movie is a fucking great movie. Yeah. I think where I think the greatest failing of the movie is and why it just doesn't work for me the way it's, they wanted it to work is I never ended up really caring about any of the characters. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. And I thought it was a real sign of weakness to do the new Fourier and the new updates or whatever with the new Star Wars and then go to episode two to like release them at this breakneck speed, yeah. but then be like, a Star Wars story. I didn't read about that coming in, so I was cheesed that they were rebooting from the bottom up with like a pretty similar character doing a pretty mm-hmm. similar thing. Yeah, they want a new one every year. Like, there's going to be a Star Wars movie yeah, every year for a while. They want that. Yeah. Yeah. I like Jin as like as presented and Qui-Gon Jin? No, Jin Jin Urso. Uh I... from Rogue One. But like yeah, like when her and when her and Cassian are like on the beach at the end and it's supposed to be this poignant moment, it's like well, whatever, I don't know these people from Adam. Yeah, like they just don't <laughs> Yeah. Never you got did. they didn't have the character moments they didn't have. You needed to spend a lot more time instead of worrying about her father and what's going on there to really make me care about it. I guess a broader, and this is just becoming a trend in Hollywood too, but I got kind of annoyed that the previews slash trailers specifically showed things that they knew wasn't yeah. going to be in the movie. Yeah. And that's just... Oh, well, that just kind of tells, like, what a hack job it was on the editing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they but... they went in and, like, complete... Like, there's there's apparently, like, three quarters of an entirely different movie that got cut out and rejiggered and, and whatnot. I wonder if there'll ever be like a Rogue One recut that's really good. I mean, if it was any other movie, I'd say yes, but I feel like Lucasfilm would be more protective of it than that. Like, that would be to the, suggest that the cut they released wasn't perfect, and I don't know that they would 
the Rogue One Special Edition, though? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but I, 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 just to add to that, but there was a point where they specifically knew what was going to be in the movie, and they still decided to add yeah, to yeah, the trailer, yeah. and it's just, it's just poor, I don't know, sportsmanship, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just to your point, right about how trust, like a bond that we had with trailers. How the movie gets really close to being good. I think that's yeah. why knowing that there was all this footage that got rejiggered around bothers because, like, that happens with a lot of movies. Maybe not to yeah. the scale that Rogue One did, but that's fairly mm. common. But I feel like because it's so close to being a really great movie, I'm like, maybe that stuff that you cut out is what it needed yep. to be to put it over. Like, yeah. like, yep. like it's so close and. We might even have what would put it over. We still don't get to see. Yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and it, it seemed like like the hype leading up to it, like it had this kind of Kurosawa feel, like mm-hmm. with the characters and stuff too. Like, oh, it's gonna be like a bunch of fucked up rogues getting together yeah. to do something noble, and they're all gonna die horribly. Like, and that's sort of what it is, but yeah. it just doesn't. Ah, well, it was so good. It was really it was billed as like a Star Wars heist movie, and it's really not at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, they yeah. steal like they steal the plans in the third act, but that doesn't make it a heist movie. That makes the third act a yeah. heist movie. Like, and that's where I think I I think some of the earlier cuts had a lot more to do with that. I do really like the the space battle at the end. It's probably yeah, yeah. I keep I keep wanting because these happen in the novels all the time. I keep wanting a like really good like ship to ship capital ship star wars battle and rogue one isn't quite there yet but it's the closest thing we've gotten and i really kind of like can i tell you the part of this movie where i laughed in an unpopular moment sure ruining the theater experience for my fellow men uh it was when they showed the cgi Uh animated corpse of grand moff tarkin i about spit out my pepsi product like what the fuck i didn't they went back in time to use animators' bones to make a skeleton corpse filled with jelly, and like everyone looked like it was fine, and it was not fine. Yeah, I had no problem with it. It's really, you had no problem with it's it? really I mean, distracting okay. to me. Like I watched it again; it's on Netflix, and like mm. that was one thing when I rewatched Rogue One, I like couldn't just sit and watch it. I watched it like in a bunch of parts because I kept yeah, being like, "Ah, I'll go do this." It's very episodic. I mean, that's and it's not engaging really, but um. Every time that guy was on screen, it's just like you're just looking at this CG of a guy you know is dead. It just takes you out of it. It's like it would just be better to not have this character. It's so distracting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one of the things to point out is you didn't need to have him there. <laughs> yeah. Like, it feel, felt like a waste of time and energy of something that's not going to, like, wow anybody. or like. I mean, I, it feels like, to me, they were like, can we convincingly CG actors? So they picked, like, a size role to try it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was an experiment. But mm-hmm. it didn't work out. They're more about the special effects than they are the story. Um, putting, putting aside the ethical considerations of doing something like that, which is a whole other thing, the actual presentation of it, yeah, yeah. Don't, didn't bother me at all. I, I, but my first reaction was, Wow, that is uncannily realistic. Like I cannot believe how good they got Grand Moff Tarkin to look. I thought Tarkin looked better than Leia at the end, but uh, yeah, Leia looked like shit too. But uh, yeah. no, I told I totally bought it. Now, was it necessary? You're like the person that tastes cilantro as soap. You're I mean, like, I guess I mean I, I guess taste. I did. Yeah, I don't know what what I can say other than it worked for me. Um, was it yeah. was it entirely necessary? As David said, no, not really. They could have. 
you could have easily done that a lot of different ways. I mean, I liked that they had Tarkin involved. Like, you can't do the origin of the Death Star without Tarkin, uh, but they didn't necessarily have to do it that way. Yeah, and then I guess another way to put it is, like, we already know about, like, their, like, hologram technology, and if they really needed Tarkin in it, they could have just used the hologram version, and it probably wouldn't have... Like, like a little blue flickery guy? Yeah. That would have worked better for me. Yeah. yeah. Good good save, Dave. Like, like I think you could have, you know, you wouldn't have worked, had to work as hard on the uh, special effects to varying results depending on the person. You just had the flickering uh, hologram and then you'd still look all right, I assume. But... The robots are taking our jobs. Yeah. I think the single thing that annoyed me the most in the whole movie was when they bumped into those guys who are dicks at the bar yeah. on Tatooine in the original Star Wars. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Doc, pa- that was ba- like, ba- really? Ponda ba- 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 and Dr. Evazan. Do they have names? Yeah. Dr. Evazan? Pa- yeah. Dr. Evazan and Ponda Baba. Oh. Ponda Baba's the one with an ass yeah, face. Yeah, man. Read your, read your tales from Mos Eisley Cantina, Ryan. <laughs> they were like, great. What are the odds they would write? It was a different planet. Like, if they had been on Tatooine <laughs> and Mos Eisley and seen those guys, you would have been like, oh, yeah, it's those dudes. But you're like, this is a whole different place, and it's about to blow up. Like, these guys just, like, what the hell? They're intergalactic bar hoppers. They're it's on like a party ship, and dicks. they just go and get wasted and are huge Ryan dicks. Yeah. He said he had yeah. the death sentence on 12 systems. One of those systems is apparently Jetta. <laughs> I guess so, man. Well, you wouldn't have the death sentence there anymore, right? Uh, I have a, uh, I have a hard time defending that one. That, that was the fan servicey cameo that didn't work. No, like, it's well, it, who it, wanted that? Like, I was fine with Chewbacca. <laughs> I was fine, with, yeah. with Tarkin and Lay and all that. I'm like, what was the point of that? That did nothing. No, it comes down to how sci-fi deals with the universe, <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of the Mass Effect games, which I played, which is like the universe becomes the smallest place in the world. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I know that's like right. uh, uh, oxymoron, right? When I say it and it's yeah. like, do you realize how big the spaces you're dealing with? Like the odds of ever bumping into the same person again, unless you're trying to bump into them would be astronomical, you know, on a different planet. Like why would they be in the same spot on that planet? And, why would they be at the same planet when there's millions of planets to go to? Yeah, David, as a, right? as a cocky Corellian smuggler once said, don't tell me the odds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's where, like, planets are treated as the same as countries at that point, you know? Like, yeah, you know, totally. Look at, like, federations of planets and stuff, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like I've talked about Star Wars enough. Yeah. Sure. I, uh, for I, a lifetime. I can always no, no, talk Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Well, there's going to be a new one pretty soon. So yeah, yep. we'll have to get back on this, huh? Another three hour episode just on that one movie. I know. Woo! Also, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to see the Han Solo movie. Uh, You yeah. will. Yeah. Uh, I'll see it like probably on video or something, but. Yeah, that was my choice with the last Star Wars. Like, I'm not going out on opening weekend. Yeah. That just pisses me off. Well, the Han Solo, I don't, because. To me, that actor is that character. It's like, I don't want to see another guy play Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, see, sure. I, have, I have my issues with the concept of the Han Solo movie, but I also don't have the Han Solo boner that so many Star Wars fans do, so I'm yeah. less bothered by the lack of Harrison Ford. 
I just really just... want to see Donald Glover as Lando. <laughs> that I that's, was like that's into, what I that's what sure. I'm 100 the most excited about. Yeah, I don't know yeah. when and where I'm gonna see the Han Solo movie. I'll just say I'm not excited for it. Yep. That, yeah, that's how. That's it. true. I'll probably just go see it when it comes out, but I don't know. Yeah, I will. I will see it opening night, but I am. That is the one I am least excited about at this point. All right. Well, um, shit. I guess we don't need to summarize what we took away from that or anything. We can just, <laughs> we just wrap it we up. Just talk hey, about Star Wars. World. I love Star Wars. Uh, hey. David likes it and is fairly neutral. Ryan also enjoys it. Carol enjoys the original ones, but kind of hates everything else. Yep. In conclusion, so Carol, may the force yeah! be with you. That was salacious crumb. <laughs> yeah, that was a good salacious crumb. Yeah. Carol, I find you humorous yeah. and insightful. Can I Where just... can I find you on the internet? You can find me at www.carolymain.com. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N. Like the street. Carolyn on Twitter. Carolyn on Tumblr. Carolyn on Facebook. And you can check out my spinoff podcast, Pitch Please, oh, yeah. on the River City Podcast Federation. Oh, sweet. How? Yeah, it's up now. Is it up? The pilot Start up. doing them? Yeah. How often are yeah, those Yeah, I'm not really out? promoting it yet, but I might like add some music more, yeah. but it's up. Yeah. Uh, how, how often is it going to come out? We're thinking monthly for when we start to like super commit to it being born, uh-huh. born, born. Cool. How yeah. long is it? Um, the first one is a little. It's like an hour and a half, and I think they cut down to about one ten. Okay. Usually. Cool, man. Four big rounds, basically, but there's lots of stretching for dialogue. Check it out, yeah. listeners. It's Carol's first official spinoff series. Um. Uh. David Bitzenhofer. Yes. I find Carol hilarious and insightful. <laughs> Where can I find you online? Uh, first, I want to say that when uh, Carolyn brought up Salacious Crumb. I love that guy. Yeah. I literally He's thought great. you said Delicious Cum for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> wow. Well, you know, Salacious does mean like sexually provocative so it might be one of those secret lucas yeah. names. well you know that character's name was delicious cum but then the actor pronounced it salacious crumb and they're like ah oh, that's good enough we'll just have to do that his job is to eat java's extra cum yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I i'm just going with what i heard that's all it's a living uh, um you can find me on twitter at dr bits that's doctor spelled out and at the real gentleman of leisure.com and austin gorton buta buta solo how how much how much of your writing about Star Wars can I find online? Wait, wait, can I note that we never even talked about who shot first, which I'm happy with. Well, because we didn't Ryan do the special, no special editions. editions. <laughs> yeah. So no thermal detonators. You can uh, you can find me writing about Star Wars once a week, most of the time. I've been kind of lax on that of late. Uh, at the real gentleman of leisure.com where I am reviewing uh, issue by issue the original 1977 Marvel comic Star Wars series. Uh, we are into Ooh. into the post Empire pre Jedi just about coming up on on the Jedi adaptation stage right now. Um, right. So there's a there's a wealth of, of old Star Wars posts there. I also have other uh, I just did a post on my reactions to the episode eight trailer and random stuff like that sprinkled. Oh, I should read it. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter and uh, tell me about all the things you hate in star Wars at Austin Gorton. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. 
And I have an, actually one more important question for you before we we sign off. Yeah. Um, because you have a son, right? Yeah. Was he like two now? Uh, almost three. He will be. Wow. He'll be three wow. a couple of weeks after this comes out. So, what is your policy in showing him Star Wars? Uh, it'll probably be four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. And are you gonna like sit him down and be like, "All right, dude, we're watching Star Wars." Yeah, at some point, though, I feel like it's so ubiquitous these days that he's gonna know about it. I mean, he already knows about it. All robots are D twos to him at this point. Oh uh, yeah. Anytime he sees a robot, he's like, "Oh, D two. And he, yeah. he'll play with some of my action figures and stuff. And um, I have a funny video of him holding up my C three PO carrying case and acting like he's C three PO and. So, I mean, it's going to be one of those situations where he's aware of it and the characters in it long before he actually sees the movies. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if he, like, sees some of it at, like, a friend's house or something long before. Yeah. I but, uh, yeah, I mean, at some point I will, you know, we'll, we'll, we will sit down and watch them together in some kind of official capacity. And I, yeah. And I would do four, five, six, one, two, three. All right, and as for me, your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner. I have a website. It's ohyesverynice.com. It's for artwork. Uh, oh, yes, very nice is also my Twitter handle. I think I'm going to quit Twitter, man. It only brings me misery. It's so tough. says everyone I, on Twitter, Ryan. Yeah, but I don't. I just, it sucks, dude. Is it all um, it's that there's not enough dick pics. Um, he gets up every morning and he's like, why don't I have another dick pic from David yet? God, this is so depressing. <laughs> Hashtag David, where's my dick pic? <laughs> um, so then, oh, and oh, yes, very nice is my Instagram. And uh, that's enough stuff, I think. Uh, as for the show, we are a very special episode podcast. What a fine podcast. Uh, we have a website. It's a very special episode podcast.com. You can stream every episode ever of our show from there. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash avsepod. You can uh, like us on there, and we have posts, and we really like to have back and forth with our listeners. When we post episodes, it makes us feel less like losers for doing a podcast. <laughs> um, we, we have a Twitter account. It's at avsepod. We love Twitter. Don't you guys all love Twitter? Twitter's so great. We all love it. Hashtag, where's my dick pics, um, David? <laughs> <laughs> We have an email address. It's avsepodcast at gmail.com. Every so often, we'll read probably all the letters we get because it's, it's so many, but we're generous. You can download us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can leave us a positive review on any of those. We only accept positive reviews, five stars, or just get out of town. Go review. Or go to hell. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Um. Okay, so this is our last pre-December one. We're going to go weekly in December for Christmas episodes, right? Merry Christmas. That's a very pre special present for you, the listeners. Yeah, so it'll probably be all of us on all of them, I think, right? It'll yeah. be something like that. Pretty close, yeah. Okay, I look forward to uh, recording all those. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so uh, keep, <laughs> keep preparing yourselves for that. And uh, until then... I'll see you in hell. <laughs> that was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're going.
Oh, hey there, Johnny. What can I do for you? I've been going through my notes for D-Comedy, and I'm confused. Is, is this a historically accurate podcast? I don't know, Benadil. You tell me. There are parts of it that are historically accurate, and parts of it that are just hysterically inaccurate. Is it meant to be a funny story? A comedy? Sophie? I suppose you consider there's a sort of lowbrow, peasanty humor to it. At least tell me where we're going with this, Eminem. Nobody knows. But Johnny, here's the here's the kicker. Do we have fun? Yeah, we do. <laughs> the D Comedy Podcast. A fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons homebrew campaign of the River City Podcast Federation. We update every other Saturday. If you like us, maybe you can even join us for a session. Welcome to the party. I know we're we're all synced up by the clap.